While we'll be consuming alcohol throughout the show, should you choose to join in, we ask that you only do so where it's legal, safe, and in moderation. We also welcome your feedback and suggestions on our Instagram at Movies Rock Podcast. And should we say anything rude, non-inclusive, or otherwise wrong, we apologize in advance. We are affirming of all, so with that being said, offense or ill will is never our intent. Now let's get back to the show. On a new episode of Movies on the Rocks, the next edition. As uh, as we all know, in the last episode, um, Eric decided to uh, be a pussy and leave the show. <laughs> it's something about, about having life when like I doing know. work I mean, and things. I mean, he had to make a fucking movie, so fuck that shit, bro. I mean, anybody who does that shit is a fucking warp anyways um anyways oh my but no, gosh no, just man kidding. what a deep cut come <laughs> just, on Jesus. just kidding just kidding um but no eric have fun dude with uh, quote unquote life and so um no no just kidding eric good luck dude and let us know when that movie's ready so we can go see it but uh for that reason roast decided, you, dude. oh my god once we see that piece of shit no i'm just kidding i don't even know what it's about. <laughs> not kidding at all <laughs> totally <laughs> serious <laughs> Yeah, it's actually a documentary about how shit leaves a body. I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is. Maybe. Anyways, <laughs> of a baby's butt. Anyways. <laughs> oh my god. But, but no, no. What it is? I don't know what it's. I don't even know what it's about. But I, I, I'm excited to see it. Uh, but for that reason, we decided to do. Oh, did he not tell everyone? I don't think Ooh. he told everyone. I'm gonna. Okay, I will confirm with Eric, and then either uh, pro- probably next episode. I w- if he's okay with it, I'll tell everybody what what to expect in the next two years of this project. Yeah. <laughs> if we remember it at all. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, uh, but I decided to take something from back in the vault. We're gonna have a second episode of a paquete episode, as we call them, which means basically bullshit. Uh, and uh, for that, we brought back Elias. Give it up for Elias. Woo! Hey guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, give it up. Anyways, yes, we the two of us, and only one of us clapped. Um, so, so anyways, um, but before we get started on that, uh, I want to go ahead and just ask you guys, what are we drinking tonight? Elias, you first as you're the guest. I'm drinking uh, Zinfandali. Um, straight from the Miami orchards. <laughs> it's just hey, a tale, dude. It's just eyebrow. A I'm doing wine tonight. I didn't want to do whiskey or a fancy, uh, um, old fashioned. Just keeping it simple tonight. Just man. keeping it simple. It's okay. Yeah. Derek keeps it simple all the time with you know cider because oh, he's a. Dude, I've, I've heard the podcast. Derek's got all the funky beer choices and, and never likes them. Yeah, he never likes them. I think it's just an excuse of not drinking, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. But but what, where's the Zinfandel from? This one's the Federalist. It was a BOGO special at uh, nice. Publix. Nice. Good so, job, dude. Hey. That was always good. Hey, yeah, dude, man. Look, 
Don't knock wine. Knocks not wine's a wine's a cheap wine's a way to get drunk cheaply. So it's all look, good. Look, yeah, look, so look, look, you look. Go to Napa, first, spend a dick load of money in Napa. His first episode yeah. back since uh, episode eight of season one. <laughs> yes, and Holy we're crap. not going to roast Pandemic. you about your wine. Yeah, no, I was going to roast it, but I decided against it because I I wanted to wait the roasting for you and your cider because mm, you know it's coming. You <laughs> I know, know it's got. coming. You got twisted tea. Yep, twisted oh, tea again, folks. Nice. Um, so, so look, here's the deal, folks. Um, one, I've only left my house to go to the hardware store. Now that I have internet at home, I got a bunch of other fucking projects that I'm worried about. And going to the liquor store when I've already got good liquor at home, not a priority. Okay, uh, I'll go when I run out, which, frankly, at this pace, probably going to be tomorrow. So we'll see. <laughs> Omas, what are you drinking, man? I mean. I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm roasting you, but I'm a basic bitch. I'm drinking, uh, since I'm on the uh, basic, uh, you know, the diet binge, I can only have really one drink, if at all, a week. I don't think it's been a week. I shouldn't even have this, but I'll have it tonight. Um, it's a uh, Crystal Light Fruit Punch and, uh, and uh, Bacardi Rum. Stick it to the rum. sounds nice, dude. Rum it does usually goes nice. really well with like uh, like fruity beverages like Kool-Aid yes. or Crystal Light or whatever. And this is delicious because I can't even taste the rum, so it's going to be great. But you always drink the rum, man, right? I always drink rum. Oh, yeah. It just, depends. it just depends on what kind of rum I drink. Sometimes gotcha. I drink that. Sometimes I drink Sailor Jerry. Sometimes I drink Kraken. Kraken. <laughs> the Kraken and Coke Zero all the time. All the time. And I don't know how you have that much energy. Yeah, no, always, baby. Oh, I don't even God. drink coffee, baby. If I drank, if I drank <laughs> Cuban coffee, I would probably have an aneurysm and die. Probably. I really love it it's just incredible cuban coffee <laughs> dude it's fun okay look i i mean so we're, t- we're talking to not- two guys from miami so yeah yeah we're I have born not drinking the shit found a coffee that i didn't like and that even goes for the crazy like turkish coffee that stuff is insanely strong and it's all the love i love it every bit of it <laughs> give me two give me two and make it sweet it's fine <laughs> all right so um, but yeah, uh, anything you want to guys want to talk about this today or anything like that? No, mm, I was ready for the news desk. Oh, you are? So if that's the case, let's go ahead and take it to the news desk. News of the day. News of the day. News of the day. News of the day. News of the day in the Eva Lord 2023. We're getting there, folks. Eventually, we'll get there. Eventually, folks. and we got there. All right. So, what do you got, Derek? All right. So, okay, that's great, Derek. That's great. Good. Good. Thank you for. No, I'm kidding. I right, Derek. thought that it might be worth dipping our toe into what it means to be a Swifty. Oh God. And I saw this news article, and now I, I should make it clear that I, I don't really have anything against Taylor Swift. I'm just, it's not, most of her music is not my jam. That's fine. People want to love it. I don't care. Go do your thing. But I saw this news article, and I thought it was actually kind of interesting. So uh, she's got this show planned for Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and the metro transit in the area decided that they would not extend their service hours to accommodate the ending of her show and the you know tons of people that go into these stadiums and Swifties are getting pissy about it 
And I thought that it might be uh, a good exercise in dialogue to get our opinions on this and whether or not we think it's something that's worth really discussing or if it's actually a nothing burger. So could you imagine the surge charging from Uber? Oh, God, it's going to be insane, dude. And you know that car, you know, that cities that have solid public transit like Miami sacrifice roads yes. and car yes. transit, right? Like they you, do. They do. You, you lose some of like, like, you know, instead of spending money on a wider highway or a wider road or more, you know, advanced lighting, like light uh, poles and whatnot, they invest in, you know, monorail or, or, you know, subway or whatever it is. And, or the bright line here down in Florida that runs over people all the time. Yep. Oh, don't let's not get into that because that's been going on for a while, folks. Yes, <laughs> yes, it has. I'm not and even from there, and I know about it. Yeah, now it's going to Orlando now. So anyway, what 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 do you think? Is this is this crazy? Should they should they extend their operational hours? I mean, I, I suppose it would matter. I mean, do they extend their hours for you know football games and NBA <sighs> games or anything like that? Is that if they were already doing it for those kind of events? I feel like this would hold some water, right? But I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. All I know is that when I know that during the when it was in Atlanta, they had the MARTA running. Okay, over here, which the MARTA is not the best public transportation, but it's a train. Holy crap. There's a video of right after the concert and the train pulling up to the station near the um, Mercedes Benz, because that's where it was at the Mercedes Benz Stadium. And the station that's nearest there, there was women on the train videotaping because they were like talking, whatever they're doing a TikTok. Then all of a sudden they stopped and they're like, oh shit, oh shit. And the doors opened and the floodgates. And then someone like, one of the girls was like, I'm going to get off, I'm going to get off. And they're like, she couldn't get off because it was just, everybody came on after the concert. So it was, Jeez. it was, it was, it was nasty. And that concert ended around 1230, one o'clock in the morning, dude. I mean, for sure. Like my wife didn't get home until two in the morning from, from being down there. I mean, granted, it was a drive, but she came home with my daughter, and then then at six, at five o'clock in the morning, I was waking up my daughter to go to volleyball. So she, that was, let me tell you, she was exhausted the next day. But but I don't know, dude. I don't know. It's really it all depends. I mean, if they're gonna do it, I mean, they they better do like like Elias said, they better have an extra cost for it. I mean, it's gonna have to be. I would here. Here's what I would say. Like, look, if they're running. It, you know, whenever you run like an extra, you know, shift or something like that, it doesn't mean that the whole, let's say hypothetically, it's a subway system, but the whole subway system needs to run as usual. Not necessarily. There's lots of those that only are routes around like downtown, for example, which you could probably walk to. Right. But I mean, the folks who are coming to this concert are likely citizens of that municipality, that city region. For sure. Right. They're, yeah, most of they're it. funding a lot of that stuff, and, and these concerts gonna... are all scheduled like a year in advance. So it's not like you have little to no notice, right? You're not going to be surprised. I mean, nope. sure that there might be like some sort of like union contracts to worry about when you've got like subway and train workers and so forth. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Maybe there's something along those. It lines. It is the Midwest. But... You're right, and it, and it does get a little tricky there. Even with those, though, there's usually an avenue to make that work, and if it means at an added cost, and that maybe means a higher cost of ticket, right? Like I mm-hmm. could I could see that being a viable, reasonable avenue to take. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, Swift, Taylor Swift is not. She doesn't do small shows anymore, 
And, mm-hmm. and I mean, these are like arena style concerts. This is, uh, she's not, you know, our, our new up and comer pop star anymore. This is like huge weight that's being brought in yeah. you know, for these giant shows. And there's a lot of people that are going and, and they're paying a lot of money to get there. So, you know, reasonably speaking, you could probably increase the cost of fares during this outside of normal business hours kind of thing. And the city um, would catch flack, flack for that as well. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. But, but I mean, Swifties as a fan base are not to be trifled with, you know, or, or, or the, um, what is the other one? Uh, what, what is Beyonce's people? The, the, she, she, her, her fans have a name. I forget oh, the name God. of it. The the bees or uh, I don't know what whatever it is. The Beyonce fans also a, a crowd not to fuck with right. Like yeah. these these people are are um, avid fans and and there's lots of talent to to justify that I suppose. But well, if you're paying four to five hundred bucks a ticket to get into one of these concerts, I I don't. Oh blame my you. God! Yes. Oh yeah, my God! Yeah. Oh that's my what I'm God. talking about. So like it's not it's not a trivial thing that they they can't get transport and and often you know you see like. Um, in in many towns, you know, like just being able to drive a car through downtown areas is difficult in late hours because, you know, the streetlights are not all that intelligent. They're pretty much on timers to keep traffic moving, right? It doesn't have anything to do with, you know, how many people are doing, going one direction or another, and then you got to hire police to actually do the traffic coordination. And I mean, they're probably already doing that. So, what's what's going on you know like what's the real reason here so i I don't know i thought it was kind of crazy that i mean that that might be the last concert she does in minneapolis for this kind it's, of reason. it's a microaggression that's that's what's happening it's a microaggression towards swifties for sure i mean oh yeah they're out to hunt them, hunt them. <laughs> look out we don't tolerate these blonde chicks anymore this is it Oh God! All these bracelets everywhere. All these hormonal girls. Oh my have guys, God! Have you seen the the technology she's using for her concerts now with the this bracelets? It's nuts! Again? It's nuts, dude! It's insane. So tell me these, about it. What are they doing? These bracelets are, uh, you know, they hand them out to you as you you know come into the concert, and um, all the people. Normally, you would think if you're going to have these bracelets that have LEDs on and they light up in different colors and whatnot, and they're going to be in different sections, and if you want certain sections to have certain kind of color coordination, then you'd have to hand out bracelets per zone of the arena right well no that what they did and this is fucking brilliant you remember back in the day when um almost everything we we did wirelessly was all done with infrared the same shit we use on our remotes right Mm -hmm. um and so they uh they basically have like these ir blasters that aim at zones of the arena to coordinate what color or action that bracelet needs to be doing. And so you could just get a bracelet and wander around and it will stay coordinated as long as it gets that IR signal from the blaster that's at the stage. Get out of here, man. That's awesome. And, awesome. and the effect is incredible. It's, I mean, you think about the, like that, that's old dirt cheap technology that we've had forever. And like you get this awesome crowd experience where people are actually participating and making the show amazing. And you get a memento for the five dollar ticket yes uh, sure yeah i mean i, yeah, I don't even know real. if they get to keep them or not but that's badass i thought well, that I mean, was cool how are you gonna get them back i'm sure they keep them fair yeah sure I mean, I mean, cheap technology probably easy and disposable especially when you're yeah, charging dude. as much as she does and, and these and these and these kids will go crazy like for sure like layla i don't even know if she got one of those i have to ask her but i mean i mean for what we paid i hope she got something for free because yeah, oh, oh was God. she there oh she went no she went they had floor seats and everything they were fucking 
We, 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 it, was, it was her Christmas present, and she lost her mind on Christmas, and then she lost her mind at the concert. Like Michelle took videos of it, and Leila was loving every lost minute her voice of it. For a I week mean, oh, bed. she was no. The next day, she had volleyball, so she was exhausted. But Oof. yeah, it was just she was she had a blast, dude. Her and Michelle had a blast. Michelle had a blast too. There's a video. I don't know if you've seen this video. Have you seen the video of Flavor Flav at the Swift at the Taylor Swift concert? Mm-mm, no, no, I haven't. So there's a video of him. I'll I'll send it to you guys. There's a video of him. I got it on my Twitter, and I sent it to Michelle. But it was a video of him, and it, it's off his Twitter. It's off his Twitter, uh, Twitter thing, his Twitter, and it was of him at the Taylor Swift concert at his seat, which like he's like in like a VIP section off to the side, um, like not behind the con behind the the stage, but like off to the side of the stage. And he's there, like he's there going crazy. But it's a, before the concert. He's meeting. He's like saying hi to all these people. He's taking pictures. He's exchanging bracelets because that was the whole thing. They exchanged bracelets. All the fifties were exchanging bracelets too. So he's exchanging bracelets. He's losing his mind over how many bracelets he's had. I mean, just just pure unadulterated timeline cleanse for your Twitter. It's a, unbelievable. It was, it was absolutely the best thing to watch because it's just his utter joy at just being there and having fun. It was great. It was hilarious. And it was just him at, at a fifty concert. It was, Look, it was I mean, insane. It, it, I wouldn't have painted or, or picked him as, as a Swifty, nope, but, but I'm sure Swifties come all shapes and sizes. Maybe he's a brony not? too. Maybe he's a brony also. Yeah. Yes, man, yes, no, I haven't heard that term in a while, man. You know, I have you know no idea what that means. I know no exactly idea. what a brony is. It's some. It's a male. It's a male per a male. Isn't it the my pony, my little pony? Yeah, my little pony. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, male, yeah, yeah, yeah. Male fans of my little pony. They're bronies. Maybe he's a yeah. brony. You never know. Yeah, I mean, and a couple, a couple of my wife's uh, students will tell me that uh, the story to My Little Ponies, the series, is very deep. Yes, so very I, I have heard this. I've heard this. <laughs> I've, so I had repeat, no clue, but yeah. Repeat, repeat it. I've never, I haven't heard it. it I I all they told me was because I started, you know, ragging on one of these kids. I'm like, "Are you serious? You watch My Little Pony?" He goes, "Man, the story is really good. It's really <laughs> engaging." I'm like, yeah, "Get out of here, man! No way!" Read, it's like, "No, I watched the whole thing." And I read Playboy for the articles. Yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you and everybody else, bud. Bro, okay, but speaking of kid, children's shows, I don't know. You may be a little too old for this, Elias, right now, but Derek is at the prime age. Caillou. Uh, he watched Caillou growing up. Oh, man. God, no. God, please, God, no. Don't watch Caillou. God, that's the worst kid. I'm talking <laughs> Bluey, yes. bro. Bluey. Bluey. Oh, Bluey. No. Bluey. Bluey hits all hard, day, dude. fucking day. All, and, and Elias, take my advice. Watch Bluey. And watch the camping episode. Oh, dude, that's such a good one. And watch, ah! and watch. Um, uh, there's one where they're building a. Uh, the parents are building a bench, like a swinging bench. But yeah. the one that the parents are building a swinging bench, I'll find you. The, I think it's called uh, Assemble. I don't even remember what it's called, but I'll send you that one, dude. I'll send you the name of that one, dude. That one talks not only about you know the parents' relationship amongst each other, but in eight minutes, it talks about. It goes from. It talks about the. It shows the processes of life from birth to death and heaven and heaven. That's the little dog cartoon. Yeah, Yeah. in eight minutes. But of course, it's done in a way for kids. They don't really understand what it is. It's aimed at kids that are like three to four. And that's what that's what it's aimed. But it's not aimed for them. It's aimed for us because you'll watch the show and you'll be like. Holy shit, this show's amazing. It's oh, shit, funny. I cried in Toy Story 3, dude, so I'll probably dude, ball you, watching that thing. Dude, you watched the camping episode? Because you will... I, I started... I, I didn't ball, but I started tearing up because, like, this is beautiful. Dude, admit it. You're a pussy. You know. Oh, 100%. Let's go. 100%. <laughs> when it comes to Bluey, I am a poussoir, as they have say. You, have, you, have you... Uh, do, do you have any kids, Elias? 
I do too. Okay. But they're okay. way so older. You'll a preteen totally, you will totally get it then when you see you this will. show because watch it. It is it is I've never seen a better balance of a show that is absolutely geared and entertaining for children that they There's learn. Substance. A lot You're telling me a lot with that. Uh, there There's, is a lot of substance. It's absolutely entertaining to children, but I want to watch the new episodes as much as my son does because I am, and it's only eight minute episodes, right? And and they, yeah. it's one of those like a season is like forty or fifty episodes, like it's it's a lot. But um, you know, how kids are like they just put shit on and they next 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 and yeah. they just watch everything all day long, right? They don't go, they're not doing anything, they're not working anyway. Um, that show, dude, it hits hard. <laughs> dude, there's a, there's a, there's, I don't know what episode, I'll try to find it, but there's an episode where Bluey and his, and her sister Bingo, they're talking about, they're, they're acting like pregnant women. And, and they're using a balloon, act like, exactly like they're a pregnant woman kind of thing. Like, oh, my baby, my baby kind of thing. Nothing, nothing bad. It's just, it's very, it's just what kids do. You know, you put a balloon under your shirt, you're like, oh, I'm pregnant kind of thing. Oh, I have a kid. They're just, they're just playing. At one point, the balloon pops and the dad grabs the mom's hand. And that right there shows because the mom freaked out when it happened because she was so mm-hmm. engrossed in what they were doing, and he grabs her hand right away. And at that point, that that right there, everyone was like, "Now we know that Bluey actually had a, an older sibling that probably died." At, uh, Jesus, like how do you? God, it's, it's, it's you, you. It's Dude. just the way the way they animate it. You like you pick up on shit, and you're like, "Holy fuck!" Did you for do you remember real? the episode? With, we're going to talk about Bluey for the next five minutes. Do you, do you remember <laughs> the episode where um, I forget her name? What is what's uh, Bandit? The mom had a miscarriage. Bandit, Sorry, I didn't yeah. say it right. Who's what's Bandit's? What's mom's name? Chili. Chili. Chili's sister comes. Do you remember that? Trixie. Trixie and and Trixie is having difficulty being around the children, and you learn throughout the episodes because she can't conceive, and all she wants is to have kids, and she can't. And the whole episode is about her struggling. Dude, like, I'm Bluey, telling you, bro. Dude, that's Bluey. like up, man. That's like the first like 30 minutes of up. It's nuts. minutes. It's and like just... and there's this dynamic of like Bluey wanting to play with her aunt, but her aunt wants to avoid Bluey because like it's just a constant reminder of how like this is what how fun children kids. could be and you can't have any of this, you know. And like by the end of the episode, there's lots of healing and, you know, she she comes to, you know, but eight minutes terms long. with it. Dude, who writes this stuff? You probably look at these uh, these producers and writers who are like PhDs and I don't know, dude. psychologists or something. And, and then some of the episodes are just fucking hilarious because they're just random kids doing random shit. Yeah, it's just, yeah it's, for it's sure. It's awesome. You remember like uh, Agent Oso? Because your kids, your yeah, kids are. I remember Agent Oso. I remember Agent Oso. That, my oldest. Such a dumb dumb oh my show. God. <laughs> the one episode show. was how to make a salad and the last step was tossing yeah. the salad. I always laugh at that one. It's like the most memorable one. Yeah, it's great to hear Sean Astin say, toss the salad. <laughs> toss the salad. <laughs> that, that was Sean Astin's voice? That was Sean Astin's voice. Yeah, he was, he was, he, he was Asian Oso. Dude. You'd be surprised how many Dude. cartoons, the people that, that, that put in their voices, they're like famous actors and shit. They show up for like one episode. Like, That's crazy. See, like uh, there was an episode of uh, Doc McStuffins that had uh, – the guy who was, um, oh my god, I, I forgot his name, but he used to play Rob like, uh, huh? Rob Paulson. He's the guy who did like no, every voice that we grew up hearing. No, no, but this guy, this guy's an, a famous actor, and he like would always play like like heavies, like mafia guys, and he was like a character on on Dogma stuff for like a few times. It was hilarious. But yeah, no, they, they they do all kinds of weird shit like that. But yeah, no, dude, I'm telling you, dude, take your time and watch like watch some Bluey episodes. You will fucking love it. 
You yeah. will fucking. I will like, do it. You won't regret it. You won't. It's regret only eight it. minutes. You won't regret it. You won't. So for My Little Pony watchers a Brony, what the hell is a Bluey? It's just a dog. Bluey's the girl's name. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying this. Uh, a Bluey watcher. A Bluey well, watcher. We've talked about Swifties. We've talked about Bronies. We maybe gotta, they're maybe they're, maybe they're, maybe they're, maybe they're maybe they're called Deweys because maybe Deweys. Cause I have, a, have a dick. I have no idea, dude. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm curious. I'm gonna. I, and you're googling it. it. You're googling. It. Well, while you're googling that, I'm gonna go to the next one. Unless you have something nice you want to talk about, mm-hmm. dude. I I'm good. I'm good. I'm, good? I'm, I'm engaging and, and enjoying like, these conversations. I'm so, learning so, so much. You're, you're just like Eric. You bring nothing to the table. <laughs> I, I bring enough to the table throughout the day as a manager that I'm exhausted <laughs> with bringing shit. I want people to bring shit to me. I feel that. I feel that. No. <laughs> I call bullshit. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, we're never going to get old. With back this. back to public transportation, though, and I know I shat on Miami's public transportation woes, but I am a, a new public transportation user. I, I switched uh, companies three months ago, and I got this little bus stop right down, uh, right by my house, and I'm able to hop on into my into downtown in about 35 minutes. Walking into my office, it's the best thing in the world. So, oh, that works. No, yeah, if, you can, if it works and you have the necessary, you know, public transportation near you, by all means. I used to do take that in, when I went to UM my freshman year. I took the bus to the train, the train to UM. Yep. So. I, uh, for a short period, I was riding the public transit in Dallas, and uh, I gotta say, like, it was nice knowing that there was almost nothing that was gonna make me late. And I knew exactly where I was going to get off and, you know, where the route was. And you start making habits of like, this is where mm-hmm. I'm going to get my coffee on the like last block yeah. before the office. And like, there's always parking at the train station. And it's nice to just sit on your ass and watch YouTube videos whenever you're riding a train for 20, 30 minutes because you're not responsible for anything. I don't need to pay attention to the fucking road. Like, I'm just watching YouTube, right? Exactly. Exactly. Catch up on whatever shows it is. Anyway. <sighs> Uh, Tomas, what you got, man? You got a new one? All right. So I got something. I got something. So um, we all know that recently, a few weeks ago, it was like three weeks ago, actually, Fast X came out in the theaters. It's only been three weeks since it came out. And it's already on, on demand. Well, didn't take very long, but apparently there's a new feud in the Fast and Furious family. Really? The minute, yeah. So, so I don't know if you guys have heard, but The Rock showed up, apparently. Spoiler alert. The Rock showed up as a as a cutscene. Hobbs showed up as a cutscene at the end of Fast X. So apparently, him and Vin Diesel have squashed yeah, they, whatever they, don't, they had. They they had a big issue. They weren't ever working no, with each other. One, they wouldn't be on the same stage yeah, at the same if, time for a long if, time. If you watched the last Fast, if you watched Fast Nine, I did. They were they were even though you think they were in the same scene together, they never were. They filmed them with body doubles. So the body double was always facing away from the camera and they were God. talking to the body double. And so when they would cut to each other's faces when they were talking during conversations or they were in separate cars, they would never because they just they couldn't be around each other. Well, supposedly that's changed. They've squashed whatever they have, but now there's a new feud. It's between Vin Diesel and Jason Momoa. Oh, supposedly on. he was upset because Jason Momoa is getting all the praise <laughs> for Fast X. This is what I've heard. I've heard that Fast X, like with every Fast and Furious movie, just leave reality behind. Because <laughs> it's yeah. not... Just if you're going to come in expecting a realistic car movie, 
Fucking, you're in the wrong goddamn movie, dude. Have, watched- have you thought about how far back we go to this Fast and the Furious? Oh my god, uh, franchise. I mean, I was a. Uh, we were in college, age. dude. We were in we were college. college. Yeah, yeah. What well, yeah. well, year did you graduate? You graduated what? Uh, two thousand three. Two thousand three. I think the first one came out in two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Like yeah. So I twenty mean, years they've milked this fucking franchise. I know. I know. And they tried to do it without Vin Diesel for a couple of years, for a couple of movies, and it and did they're not still work. Doing, they're still going to do more. Like they're no, not, There's no way they're stopping. Oh, no, no. There's two more parts. Yeah. The next two Thank movies are out, two more dude. parts. No, no, no. But it's not. It's going to be like Fast 11, and then Fast 11 Part 1, and Fast 11 Part 2. And then, they're, of course, they have the spinoff movies. Like They're making a new spinoff with Hobbs. That's what the that's what the, the cutscene was for. And they're, they're, they're doing a the whole thing. So anyways, but the, the, the matter is, is that suppose, so in this movie... Like you, of course, you just abandon reality and just enjoy a fucking. It's a popcorn flick. Enjoy the movie. Just sit back and enjoy. But that Jason Momoa is so amazingly out there, which is it is great. He brings high energy to the movie the entire time. That Vin was upset because he's taking all the praise. Like everyone's loving Jason Momoa's portrayal of his crazy fucking dude, and and so Vin is upset because he's like, oh, this is a serious movie. I mean, it's a fucking fast. How is this serious, bro? This is the I mean, same guy that's getting paid to say I am Groot for fucking okay. guys <laughs> and saying we're family in like family. four different languages. He said yes. all of those lines. Yes, yes, but he, uh, he is milked this shit for twenty plus years. He is the John Claude Van Damme of the two thousands and for 20- real, hundred percent. That's a great pull. That's a great pull, ladies and gentlemen. A great pull. So, but yeah, no, he. Uh, so he. So it, it's just. He's so upset. And so the other day I was reading an article, not an article, I read, I read, I was reading on Twitter, like somebody said, somebody put out on Twitter, like, if I wanted to watch the movie, how much enjoyment can I have, do I get from Jason Momoa compared to the rest of the movie? And somebody put, and it goes, and depending on your percentages that you give me, may change my, it may change my decision to watch the motion picture. Somebody put, okay. If you want to enjoy the movie, Jason Momoa brings about 65% of the energy in this whole motion picture. He is amazing. Everyone says he is amazing. Everyone says he's amazing, amazing. Everything's great. And is is he the says, bad guy? He's the bad guy. So if okay. you've seen any of the movies, have you guys seen any of the movies recently? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I confess that I have. I, I think I've only seen too. maybe the sixth one up to the sixth one. One, two, three, and then I skipped a shit ton in between. I saw nine in the theaters because it was a school night event. So, so Fast Five takes place in Rio de Janeiro. Right. He plays the son of the bad guy from Fast Five. Okay. So, supposedly, like, he is either... You know how they always retcon to bring somebody in? So, supposedly, he was the driver of his dad's car when it fell in the water, and he's the only one that survived out of his dad's car. Oh, And so, it's all revenge. Of course, of course. No. Bro. Just, like, just like, what's his name? Uh, uh, Sung... Survived that explosion because he's in this one too from uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. That Dude, Jason Statham it, was the one who did it. It all started with stealing merchandise off of off big of trucks. Rigs. Yes, and then we got Ludacris becoming a computer hacker slash DJ <laughs> yes. slash hacker extraordinaire. Yep. To the find the fun physics. I'm I remember. Yes. I remember when Ludacris was just a mechanic who ran street races. Yeah, you're going. Yep. That was you remember that, right? That's fast, and he had those in different area curious. codes. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, he, and uh, it was. It was good then. It was nice. And now, right? and now what I expected. And now we're jumping from building to building in Dubai. 
So uh, they chased a submarine. That's right. Torpedo across the surface of the ice at some point. They They flew cars. They parachuted (laughs) cars in when they could have just had the car shipped there and just parachuted themselves in. (laughs) Like, it's awesome. Is Tyree still in them? Oh, yeah. Probably. I I, I love his wit. I the only ones, only ones that aren't in there are, uh, what's it called, uh, Don Omad and uh, what's his name? They're not in there anymore. The two oh. Reggaeton guys. Oh, okay. Oh, I know yeah, you wanted about. to make it more serious. Tengo Calderon and Don Omar. Okay. Yeah, they want, and, and, and then supposedly in this new one, Gal Gadot is in it too. I don't know how. She died. So, I don't that's know. Spirit. That's a technicality. Or her, or her evil twin or some shit, right? Some bullshit. <laughs> that, that's a technicality. Come on now. So we'll see what's we'll up. we retcon but... that she was really into cloning and yada, yada, yes, yada. Yes, yes, yes. 100%. 100%. 100%. All right. So this is good for you, um, um, Elias. So so now linguists have identified uh, Miami's English as, yes. a new, as a new dialect. Yes. Really? I read that article and it is so true. Like the the Miami people will tell you, will tell the kids, uh, get down from the car instead of get off the car or get off, get out of the car. Get out, I guess. Of, the car, get out of the car, yeah. So we'll tell ba- them to bahate, get down. So it's a direct, tra- it's a transliteration. I say that. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I say that all the time, and so it's, it's considered a new a new dialect of English. That hit that hit close, man. When I read that shit, I was like, oh my god, I'm guilty of this. Oh, 100 percent. Like I made and the I, and I'm wearing like groceries. the perfect shirt. Right, yeah, you are. You are. That's why I said it. That's why I said it. Like I made the line for to pay for groceries. Yep. Yeah. Me yep. puse like, la fila. Yeah, me puse la fila. I I totally get that, and I am surprised that it is only now acknowledged as because I've, I've been there. I've got family over there. It is. It's it's English. Like I can get by, but yep. it's very different. There's at least I'm gonna say twenty percent of conversations that I'm totally missing because <laughs> half of it is Spanish. It's, it's, it's just very different. It's just a very different. <laughs> well, like you're you're structure. battling the Cuban, Colombian, Venezuelan, and it's any other South American country right? mix in with the Miami slang. It's it'll throw you off, and then and then the Spanglish mixed in, oh. into it. Oh yeah, dude, hundred percent. Yeah, it's a totally second. red state, right? Totally red. Absolutely <laughs> red. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. So yeah, but no, but yeah, that that just came out. I was like, holy shit, dude! Yeah, dude, I, I saw that same article on Yahoo. Um, come on, like Monday, I think, and I was like blown away. I got another. Imagine one. do a yeah. whole fucking white paper on this shit, talking about Miami slang and language. I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be like lots written about that. Oh no, yeah, sure. dude, <laughs> linguists are already starting to do like studies and shit, dude. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. I so. Yeah. All the research at like Arreta or wherever other oh, yeah. restaurant. That place is <laughs> legit, man. Uh, you know no, what? I take I, it back. I, the magician of the fritas. And Mago, Mago. He's the OG. And Mago's the OG, and then his uh his nephew ripped him off and he's the alleged. That's, that's he's what the rey? story is. Yeah. He's El Rey. Oh el shit. Rey. Okay. And, and Mago. I don't care what anybody says. I still love Sergio's fritas. I enjoy them. They are good. They are I good. have no just, idea what I, they're we're my original. talking about. So fritas are Cuban are Cuban hamburgers where they put they have beef in them, but they also mix in like Spanish chorizo that gives it a or reddish. Oh yeah, for sure. Pork with a pimento. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and and it gives it its reddish color. 
because it's kind of a red patty. I had no. Okay, so I have to. I have to tell a story. And now. Hold on. And on top of that, you put you could put cheese. I put cheese, and then you also put like an egg. pick and pick. I don't know about that. Picnic sticks. Picnic sticks. Those really thin shoestring. The little shoestring fries. Shoestring. Oh, okay, fries. okay, okay, okay. I'm like, call them picnic. Sticks. You're eating sticks. Anyway. Yes, I eat sticks. Um, I so went good. to a restaurant with my wife once. I want to say it was somewhere in Dallas. It was like a like a little Mexican fusion, blah blah blah, something fancy. I don't know what it was. Anyway, I they I saw on the menu because I'm a sucker for a good burger. They had a chorizo burger, and I was like, yes, sold. Can't be bad. It's going to be fantastic. I it was ate that thing. It was phenomenal. And <laughs> I have only made chorizo burgers as barbecue at home. Oh, really? Ever since then, because it is that much better. I'm telling you, people at home, <laughs> if you're going to make a burger, it's 50 50. Go buy some real chorizo at the La Michoacana, something like that. And then Mexican supermarket. Get, get you some ground beef, super lean ground beef. The chorizo is going to bring all the fat that you need. And mix it 50 50. It will change your life for the better. It Dude. is that good. Tomas, let's open up some frita stands out in Dallas and make for a real. Hell yeah, Texas. dude. Yeah, dude. And we'll, we'll do we'll do fritas and uh, Cuban coffee. There you go. I'm there. Jericho, be <laughs> more I'm an investor at that point. Suck it. Um, all right. So all right. I got another one. And and th- there's going to be a recurring th- thing starting with this episode moving forward. Um, you know, we've Eric was a wonderful addition to our show for mm-hmm. a long time. And I appreciate the hours and time and things that he brought to the table. But now that he's gone, one, we can talk all the shit we want. We can't, <laughs> we can't do shit about, about it. Marvel. <laughs> oh no! I mean about Eric. I'm going to talk oh, okay, about okay, him okay, directly because okay, he can't him. retort at this point. <laughs> uh, look, Eric, if you're listening, eh, hit us up on Instagram. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but two, you know, we need to elevate this podcast to, let's say, a classier level than really? where he was at, and <laughs> and with that, it's going to mean Marvel. It's going to mean Star Wars and nerd shit, and it's going to mean some more anime at some point. Oh, okay? gosh. And oh. I want to share that I'm not wrong in saying this because some of the goats out there are starting to say the same shit. I got this news article <laughs> where Guillermo del Toro, did you see oh, this yeah, shit? Saw he that. said he only wants to do animation films moving forward. He has, he has, he said he <laughs> has like two or three movies left that he has on contract to make. Yeah. Like live action movies, that's it. But after mm-hmm. he's done with his live action contract, he's only going to make animation from there on out. So uh, maybe not the goat of all time, but Guillermo del Toro's uh, someone I mean, to, to reckon with in, in the movie industry. I mean, he's he's absolutely big, done of, big things. One of his big influences is Miyazaki. He's always he always talks about Miyazaki. Sure, Hayao Miyazaki always, it's, always another another big industry uh, uh, influence in at least the anime industry, right? Um, but I saw that and I wanted to, at that moment, just blow up Eric's phone <laughs> with that link. And instead I decided I'm going to hold this for myself because, uh, I, I, I need to cement this, uh, burn in immortal internet fame by putting it on a podcast that can't be erased. Uh, so no, from now on, Eric, I'll be right. Anime is better. Okay. It's just joke. better. Okay. And Guillermo de Toro says the same. Okay. <laughs> now, if I can just get PTA, you know, I'm going to go on like, what's that? Uh, it's not Fiverr. What's that app where you can get like celebrities to sing happy birthday and shit? 
Cameo. What if, cameo. What if I could get yeah, cameo. What if I could get PTA to be like, you know, anime's better than You said you said you said send it to him on his birthday and be like, Happy birthday. I anime's better. Must be doing this. And you know what? This is already out there. And if he listens to this, then Eric, I need you to act surprised because I'm gonna try and get it. <laughs> I'm gonna try and get it, dude. It's money well. That's spent. awesome. It is gonna be money well spent. That'd be, I, I would love to see that video when it happens. I want dude, a hundred bucks done. I'm all about it. Let's <laughs> well, worth, worth every, every penny. penny. Worth every penny. Because I could make that shit my ringtone. I could make it a <laughs> ringtone. I could make it the sound you hear when the doorbell goes off. Oh like Derek's going in, man. Yeah, he's going, going on, in. Babe. He's going in on this, dude. Uh, okay, so one more piece of uh, we'll go this about forty minutes. Let's let's do this. Uh, let's do one more piece of news. Um, so I don't know if you guys have you guys did you guys finally see Andor? On Disney yes, Plus? I've seen it. You saw it. I've watched. I haven't finished the series, but I I okay. think I'm close to the end. Okay, yeah, yeah, amazing show, fantastic. Probably one of the probably the best Star Wars shows right now that's been out there. Even better than Mandalorian, in my opinion. Most best well written show on on Disney Plus for sure. But um. Anyway, so they, they just released the budget for season one. It's the most expensive show on Disney Plus, period. Even more so mm. than the Marvel shows. It was over it was two hundred and fifty plus million dollars that show. Just for the first season. Why? Just for the first season. What did they do that was different? I mean than... just I, everything. There's how many how many ver- how many CGI. Um, CGI, how much CGI, how much uh, shots were there? I mean, it was just, it was nuts. And their sets, their sets were huge. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go a totally different direction. I don't think it's, I don't think it's their CGI, because I, I would argue they that probably went practical. There's probably the practical aspect of the system effects too. Absolutely, there were a lot of sweeping scenic views that mm-hmm. are not something that you can easily create through no. like Photoshop and 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 video editing tools. They probably had to shoot it kind of, akin to like. You know, going to New Zealand on yeah. on location and shooting that—it's a lot more expensive than when you sit in the what is it called the volume that Mandalorian yeah. oh, no, uses. Sure. They yeah, could no. replicate whatever they wanted, but they can't replicate watching people walk up, you know, a, a, a mountainside, you know, all spaced out like you would be if you were like because you know normally you're like 10, 15 paces off the next person, and if there's only mm-hmm. five of you, like that's a few hundred yards that you're trying to get into your focal range right like that like that high scene god only knows where they filmed it i mean it was gorgeous that that was probably in a dam or something like that i i I think they probably went the other direction i want to say that it's probably due to a bunch of practical effects that aren't easily reusable and that's one time 250 million dollars that's insane though was it it 12 episodes 10 12 episodes it was like like the budget for like an avatar movie like 250 mil it was I mean, three hundred, I think. Yeah, right, right on par. Probably in the three hundred. Right on par, yeah. yeah. It's right on par with like an MCU movie. And that's yeah, exactly, most of the yeah. MCU's are going to be around that range, right? Like, like, and then like supposedly now the speaking of MCU, the the new one, the new show coming out on the twenty first, the Secret Invasion with Nick Fury, mm-hmm. with, with Samuel Jackson, it's it's supposedly getting rave reviews as well. Like the reviews are coming in great on that one too. So we'll see what's up, dude. I don't know, but I like it. I'll watch it. You guys got anything else? Oh, I'm just ready to roast this movie, bud. All right, well, let's go to the refill, everybody. Let's go see Man of Our Dog. Got to go down to Tinkle Town. We'll see you peeps in a minute. Laters.
from the refill portion of the episode. Uh, everyone, you know, took a trip down to Tinkletown. They took a piss. Took a right piss. All and, together. Uh, yay! We crossed, <laughs> but we didn't cross streams, everybody. We did not. We you did can't not cross, cross the streams. Never. That's against the rules. <laughs> Anybody change beverages? Uh, no, I didn't. No, keeping it simple. I'm sticking yeah, to the I had to Dali. I, I went to another Old Faithful, the Stella Artois cider. Ooh, Stella Artois. Very high class. Yep, 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 yep. Just just because you get to say Stella Artois. You got to say it in a French accent, like Stella Artois. Oh, oh like my Embarrassed. We will get to that. that we will get to that. <laughs> so, all right. As of course, you know, you guys all say, so since, uh, since Derek is drinking his uh, his little uh, Poussois cider, since we're doing a little high class here. Okay. The, doc, the movie that we're talking about this week is, of course, the classic 90s actioner. I consider it a classic. I don't know about you guys. Uh, mm, that no was course. my choice. <laughs> the the uh, movie from 1993 called Hard Target. Starring the inimitable, the inimitable, cannot be imitated, can no longer be imitated, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, with a host of other actors, including the fantastic Lance Henriksen. Uh, and of course, then, of course, there's Yancey Butler. If you guys don't know, she was big in the 90s for TV stuff. She was actually, I don't know if you guys remember that comic book, Witchblade. She was the, she was actually Witchblade in the short-lived TV series. I remember because I watched it. No. I thought I was going to get sexy like the comic book. It never did. Uh, thankfully, it only lasted one season. I only saw like two episodes. There you go. Uh, I think it was on TNT. It might have been on TNT. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, there's, of course, Imhotep himself, Arnold Vosloo. And uh, and that's really basically it. No one else is there. Except for maybe Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother. Because, strangely enough, I noticed for the first time, this movie, motion picture was executive produced by Sam Raimi. Oh, I didn't even think about that. All right, so yeah, <laughs> he uh, he was one of the executive producers with his producing partner Rob Taper because they are part of Renaissance Pictures, and they mm. were they produced the motion picture them and uh, Mosh Diamant, um, which has been a host of other '90s and TV shows. Also, he was yeah, movie. yeah. Uh, but and it was the first foray into American cinema for the once again I'm using this word the inimitable. John Woo. Ah, so, oh, man. <laughs> as I said, it was from 1993. And uh, here is the synopsis. A la IMDb. A woman hires a drifter as her guide through New Orleans in search of her missing father. In the process, they discover a deadly game of cat and mouse behind his disappearance. That is the synopsis. What a shitty synopsis. Your Plex synopsis is so much better. <laughs> I don't know that it ain't. I don't know their there's not there's not there's not I guess you could say that is a pretty spot on description yeah. but um so I'm gonna go since this is my movie I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys go so who wants to go first Elias or Derek I I will just say that Cameron Poe was fantastic in the movie did you see the resemblance I mean did you see it yes the I mullet. see it the I blue jean. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll confess, I'd never watched the movie. I've seen all the. the Are you the serious? Or, I swear to God, no, I, I I hadn't seen it. I've seen all the gifts online, so I understood. Like when we were exchanging things today, and I was I was messing with Droopy this morning or Tomas. Sorry, I yeah. I, I, I can't call. It's called. It's called. It's I can't call. Him. 
but um, I was messing uh, with Droopy that uh, I had watched uh, Hard to Kill. I was like, dude, Hard to Kill. I can't wait to talk it tonight. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, my goodness. And he's like, well, what are you talking about, bro? But, um, yeah, I never watched Hard Target. Um, typical Van Damme movie, 150%. I just watched Bloodsport the other day. It was terrible. It wasn't what I remember as a kid. I know. Um God, what a letdown just watching some of these movies back from the 90s. <laughs> Except the Goonies. I, I'll never touch the Goonies again. I still love it. I don't care. Um, yeah, you don't want to go true. back because it's going to well, ruin Goonies the, is still good as a rewatch. It's still good. It's still good. Yeah, it still I don't holds care what up. It holds up. Says. It but, holds dude, up. But these, these movies are just terrible. I, mean, just, <laughs> I, I honestly loved every moment. Either way. <laughs> you know, that's the worst part is the whole time I was calling out all this bullshit sequences and actions and poor acting and terrible writing all these things every time i thought about it i was like that is so stupid and fucking tomas loves this shit the whole time i'm thinking that and uh, man i don't i was just trying to think about the credible backstory about this you know lowly child that grew up in the bayou with his french uncle and his name is chance yeah and you're like dude that's that's like a name of a 2017 soccer mom that just had a kid or something, you know, named a chance or something. Yeah. Well, and, and, and he's supposed to have an accent, right? Yeah. And, and look, okay. So I I was born in Louisiana. I did not grow up there. I have a ton of family over there. So I, I know this accent. I know this culture very (laughs) intimately. There's, there's a term for it right there. Uh, Kunas. Yeah. 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 First time I heard it was when I lived in Houston. Oh yeah. yeah, Absolutely. Had no clue. You're out in the woods and you're just caging as hell. You're a coon ass. Yeah, you're a coon ass. And it, it's not a, it's not derogatory. So like, as no. long as somebody is from Louisiana, they probably won't be offended by you calling them. But maybe not do it unless you know these people. <laughs> anyway, I, I was, I was slightly offended <laughs> <laughs> because like he's just, it, all of it is bad. All of it is bad. It's and, so good. And then it's so mm, bad because it's so good. I was watching. It was like you know, it's in the first like I don't know, maybe 10, 15 minutes of the movie. You know, when the the woman gets jumped at her car. Yes. And you know they have this incredibly dramatic, almost eighties style slow motion slap and retort and twist and fall yep. and oh my god, like. I sh- I saw that and I was like, oh my god, and I stopped it and I rewound it and I showed my wife and she was like. This is going to be awful. <laughs> and two scenes later, you see the bloody lip. Yeah. Like a, a poor makeup job. And you're like, oh, okay. They kept it. Totally convincing. Oh She's in no way like red or bruised or welted or anything like the, that. The dialogue leading up to that. Come here, bitch. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at? And jumps on the hood and slaps her in the face backhanded. Because that's how people talk. Yeah. Yes. 100%. In the 90s, that's how it was. That's how it was in the real. 90s. And, and like, there's no, here's the thing that was the worst part of the, how this movie was started was we're introduced to Van Damme's character just in the dumbest way possible. (laughs) I like, I went from not knowing who this guy was to caring less about someone that I knew than someone I didn't know. Oh, and yeah. like I, I didn't, I didn't identify with him. He and as a look, Jean Claude Van Damme in my mind is one of the uh, like all time stars of like these action flicks of this era, right? Like yep. 
him and you know uh, uh, Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal is another great <laughs> one. That's a fucking great pick. There's a, there's a lot of those guys from this era, and and you know they don't quite hold up to today's films. Not anymore, dude. But, but they they were great in their time, right? And like Steven Seagal, the whole time, every single time he fired those guns, he blinked. Every time, like his eyes were closed for entire sequences because he was just constantly blinking. <laughs> and and like I get it, like some people, that's reaction. I fired firearms before, and you know, like look, it's not it's it's not crazy. I could see that lots of people that shoot firearms are probably comfortable with like looking as though they have shot a firearm before. But this motherfucker was turning guns upside down and shooting them just like it was comfortable and. and 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 like I, he went through i watched this one point he shot <laughs> i forget who it was on a single magazine he shot 27 bullets from a yep. handgun into somebody yep. and i was like is no one counting this like that should be like you know 12 14 rounds that was the like double that. gun scene i think you're talking yeah about, right? dude I know exactly oh, the scene you're talking about but, but it's guys, just the guys, worst guys it's it's john woo mm. it's john woo pigeons I mean, pigeons. Pigeons everywhere, <laughs> doves everywhere, slow-mo all the time. It's yeah. John Woo. You just got to take it, brother. The focus point it, on the arrow it, every time it's flying through. Take here. it yeah. and just, just love every second of it. You know, and every time you see the slow-mo, you just go. Soak it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again. And, before, and again. then, of course, and then, of course, when you, when you, when you see that kick to the face, you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a throwback jesus no one at home is gonna hear, get that reference every time i hear that because my mama took one yes yes uh, oh gosh no one is gonna get these look the whole point it's funny that you say all of this because the more i think about this movie the more i'm like you know what this is just like hard-boiled that's exactly yep. what it is that's exactly and you're a part and by you're the same part. director exactly yeah. Hard boiled, hard boiled. He did hard boiled. Then he came to the U.S. and did Hard Target. And and the best part about it is that during the filming, I remember because I remember an interview with Van Dam because this was peak Van Dam. This was mm-hmm. peak Van yeah. Dam. He was on, I think he was on Arsenio Hall. <laughs> Throwback for anybody who even knows who that is anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. I think he was a woo woo. I think he was on Arsenio <laughs> Hall. And I think Arsenio asked him how it went with filming. He's like, I don't know. I couldn't understand the word he said. So, you know, it's just one of those things, you know. Well, I before the podcast, I actually did some reading in preparation to talk with two intelligent people, right? Ooh. I'm not sound like an idiot. Sorry to disappoint. Ooh. Yeah, right? It's terrible. Um, <laughs> but they were actually concerned about bringing him in. I, I didn't realize that. But because of the language barrier, because it was going to be his first feature film overseas in the U.S., whether or not he'd be able to hit or connect with the actors and deliver. And they were talking about actually having some supervisory oversight by another director. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I kind of went down this like rabbit hole of reading about it. So pretty fascinating. Um, and it's funny how he's evolved into like this. My big first exposure to John Woo was Mission Impossible 2. Yes. And I'll remember the scene where the two motorcycles are crashing or heading yeah. head on to one another and the fucking pigeons and doves are flying all over oh, the place. Oh, yeah. That is like... <laughs> Perfect John Woo for me. Well, no, no, you've seen one before that, dude. He did, he did Broken Arrow, and he did uh, Broken Arrow and Face Off. And Face Off, yeah. Which are two oh, fantastic. Really? Fucking I had no movies. clue. I had yeah. no clue. He did two fantastic fucking movies, so you can yeah. tell from like 
from from Heart Target, he went to Broken Arrow. After no. Heart Target, he did Broken Arrow, and you can see from I mean, I mean, as much as you can. It's a fuck. He's an action movie director. I mean, there's yep. really not much there. Those are clearly better movies than this. But you can I, see the difference. He's directing Fast Eleven, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew that. I, no, no, he's not. No, I, yeah, he's not. I would, bro. If he was. I dude, I don't even know. I don't even know what to tell you guys. I'm I such a John Woo it. fan. I'd, I'd fucking, fucking be there. It. I would be first in line at fucking ticket counter getting a ticket. Fucking I love Diesel in a fucking mullet, you know, oh, as, scenes. Oh walking God. slowly with pigeons everywhere. Him yeah. shooting two guns. I mean, that's just vintage John Woo, bro. And how many times did he emphasize that he could cock his shotgun? Oh in yeah. Your hand? <laughs> the yeah. polished shotgun. When have you seen a polished shotgun in a movie? Yeah. Think yeah. about uh, that for a second. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah, like yeah, the most sure. beautiful gun. And it oh, was sitting gorgeous. like just up under like some kind of door jam or something. Like we just had it <laughs> stored away. Like it blows all the dust off. Polished. Yeah. Bro, that's how you, I, I just couldn't, I mean, this movie, the first time I saw this movie, I'll be honest with you, the first time I watched this movie, it was back, of course, in 93, 94. And it was, I don't, you may not remember this, guys, because you're, you might be a little too young, but you may have been a little too young. Cause you're, cause you're born when in 82? 81. No, 81. 81. Oh, you yeah. might be. You might be. So back in the mid 90s, early like 93, 94, Stars came out, and they had okay. uh, Stars had a free preview for like two weeks. Two weeks they had a free preview, and this was one of the movies they showed on their Saturday night cinema to put up against HBO Saturday nights. And those first two weeks, they showed Hard Target. And then they also showed the following week, they showed The Crow because they had gotten the, the rights to The Crow to show on their channel first and their pay-per-view, their, their, their you know, premium channel. So I got to see The Crow first, this, and also got to see Reservoir Dogs through that as well because they were showing that also. But either way, um, let's digress. So I saw this movie the first time as a fucking raging hormonal 14-year-old. And and it was it fucking blew my mind every second of it. I mean, it totally. I mean, just because of John Woo's theatrics, I fucking love everything that he does. I don't care what anybody says. But my favorite part in this whole movie, this whole movie, and we're gonna jump around for people. If you haven't seen the movie, it's fucking thirty years old. Watch the goddamn movie if you're gonna watch the movie. Just like Jurassic Park, but it doesn't just hold like, up. Uh, oh yeah, hold not, no, does not hold up like Jurassic Park at all. I, I can definitely be honest, but enjoy it as a '90s schlock cinema. But uh, my favorite scene in this movie is when um, Randall gets into his car and Pick shows up and puts a shotgun to his face and says, Randall, 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 were you going to leave without saying goodbye? And then he blows his fucking brains out. <laughs> yes. And it's just like the most amazing scene because the, the, the cut, the editing was fantastic. Because you actually see the actual shotgun flash mm-hmm. for a split second. Yeah. You actually see, like, against somebody's head, whether it's a mannequin's head or the actor actually took it. I don't know. But it was fucking unreal. And then you just see everything just hit the windshield. And yeah. then, of course, the slow-mo cock, kang, kang, as the fucking shell flies out. I'm like, oh, perfect. He Everyone doubled out of that car after the shotgun shot. 100%. Because of the pressure kiss. differential. Chef's, chef's kiss. Fucking shotguns kiss. could shoot you from like 100 feet away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm going to stand in front of a shotgun being shot 100 feet away from me. That's Oh, my God. I respect it. But fucking oh. killing people 100 feet away with a shotgun just blew my mind. He he shot 
at a car as he rode standing on a motorcycle. Yes! Yes. yes. All right. So if, if for context, during this whole scene, he's being chased by a van, a couple of vans. He's firing back. He's shooting at them all the time. He gets to a dead end on a highway, which there's work happening on that side of the highway for some weird reason, which totally never happens in out. New Orleans. And no pedestrians, no, no traffic. No one's They're around. Only people. only people on the road for miles. They've it's never like a modern a wild west. in New Orleans. Yes, ever. it is. It is. You're right. You're right. 100%. That Look, may have been I've, where they were I've going I've been for. there. They have never repaired a road in New Orleans. No. That's a shithole, man. In Louisiana. That, their period. roads. I, look, you, you got some of the best food I've ever tasted, but your roads 100%. are the worst. The worst. <laughs> Dude, you drive from Houston to, to New Orleans. The minute you cross this Texas-Louisiana state line, they, all it's of a sudden. Not even, it's not even a minute. It's seconds that you immediately start feeling like the shit oh, on the tires. Yeah. Then you, you, Ooh, the Atchafalaya Bridge. Oh, my God. Say, uh, the, 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 what's it called? The Lake Charles Bridge, dude? Oh, my God. Like a, Anyways. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but yeah, and the but yeah. shootout in a storage facility for Mardi, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras graveyard. There's a Mardi Gras graveyard, uh, which is paper mache all day long. That place was a fucking fire hazard. That's that's the best, dude. Okay, I'm I'm gonna keep talking. I want to stop talking. It's 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 your bad. choice. You could talk all you want. I know, right? I know, but I like talk. I like having you guys talk because otherwise, I I, I I always take over the conversation. So I'm gonna stop talking. Well, I'll I'll go back to like Derek's point, like when they introduce the character, and you know, when you see the guy, I'm like, dude, this is fucking Cameron Poe from Con Air, four years. <laughs> yes, yes. Jerry curled mullet with the earring, and I'm like, is he homeless? Does he, <laughs> he live was. in a home somewhere? He was he's a merchant stuff. marine. He's a fucking sailor. He's this. He's that. He's a recon specialist. He's ex marine force recon. Like, he knows how to shoot everything. every gun. He knows how to punch a snake in the head. <laughs> yes, yes. And then bite off its rattler so that it's like a trap. trap. Yeah, yes. what was that about? I was trying to figure that shit out. Right with the uh, trip hazard. So cool, ass. <laughs> I've never met anyone <laughs> in my entire life. I've been to Louisiana countless times. I've never met anyone who said, bite off the thing. No, they will eat the snake all day. Yes, all day. All day. Snakes. Tasty. Squirrels. Snakes tasty. Whatever, right? I've, I've ate some weird shit there, and it's all delicious. But Amazing. I've never heard, oh, yeah, bite off the rattler. Or punch a snake in the head. <laughs> It's like you're expecting that <laughs> that typical kiss scene of an 80s or 90s movie where it's like they've connected and it's quiet and the drum's nope. kind of peaked and it's like, nah, I'm going to fucking grab a snake. bunch of viper, choke it, <laughs> and sweep you off your feet. Oh, mm. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I love her face when he pulls the snake. She's like, her face is like so perfect. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. She kills the guy's same fucking face, too, like yeah. what, 10 minutes later. <laughs> Oh no! I love how she, like guys got it. Guys, we're we're shitting on this movie, but it's so good because it's such a piece of shit. It's so good. Don't you dare watch this. Well, movie. Watch this movie a hundred times because I will watch it a hundred times. Just for Wilfred Brimley, the guy's a oh deadly my weapon. Oh my god! And and not only that, Wilfred Brimley, out of the three of them that rode horses, he's the only one that actually rode the fucking horse. He looked like a fucking gigantic Ewok on a horse, dude. Yes, he did. <laughs> the way he rode it. I was waiting for him to stop and just go diabetes. Uh, <laughs> dude, the only thing more deadly than 
Wilford Brimley in this movie is diabetes. Yes. So, it's yes. the only thing that's more deadly. Dude, that scene where he blows up his house and you see him riding the horse and he's actually riding the fucking yep. horse. I'm like, yeah, go Wilford, go. That, that guy is so cool. I mean, I, I'm kind of like blown by all these facts and it's funny, like on Instagram or on, I, I go to Yahoo because it kind of like consolidates everything that you kind of are interested in. And they show all these actors of past, like, oh, this is what 49 years old was at 80, in 1985, or what it looked like. And Wolfer Brindley was 50 years old when he did Cocoon, man. Are you serious? I'm 40, yes. I'm 42. And the thought of looking like that guy in Cocoon at 50 years old <laughs> blows my fucking mind. I was, I'm 44. I just turned 44. Dude, in six years, imagine looking yeah. like that fucking dude. I, I would fucking shoot myself in the head. Yeah, yeah. Cause I like, cause I I wonder how old Hume. I want now. Now I want to know how old Don Amici was. In fucking look it up. It blows your mind. All these facts. It's 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 like looking through an old uh, yearbook yeah, where the older classes look way older. Jeez. Oh my god! But yeah, no, dude. It's, yeah, his, and his French accent was fucking terrible. I mean, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it horrible. yeah. Jesus. They were they were just throwing slang in there just to know that they did it, which I, I kind of honestly, I feel like they probably just walk down the street and listen to what people said, yeah. some of the slang that people use in everyday language. The the obligatory Shari, like the like Gambit from the, oh, the Marvel yeah. uh, universe. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Shari! That's the only time I'd heard it growing up, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's... <laughs> but, and it was funny, like that, that Don scene Amici, at the Don dock. Was a, Don Amici was 50 also. He was 50. 50, there you go. The scene Weird. at the dock where they're selecting all the sailors. He's like the best dressed guy with a fucking leather trench coat, chilling, waiting for his name to be called, and you haven't paid your dues. <laughs> he meets this woman as two forklifts yeah. part ways, and there Moment he is before, in all his glory. Like she offers him the exact amount of money yeah. that he needs, and moments later he needs the money, and then suddenly he's right there and and he could shoot every single gun under the sun, but he had, doesn't have a driver's license, which is amazing. Yes. She, she immediately falls in love with him because how, can, how could you not, right? You absolutely I mean, not. I mean, he's, 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 he's absolutely amazing in when every he, way. It's, when he jumps the gun and tries to, like, catch the bad guys off guard by riding a float down a chain in slow motion... <laughs> He's like riding a, yes. a, a pelican or some oh, shit. Yes, the pelican. The oh pelican. my god! I'm pretty sure it's Louisiana state bird. So yes, it is. You're really leaning in here, yes. like it, it doesn't have any bearing on the story whatsoever. <laughs> another, another piece that I would love to talk to you. So you remember the scene where he, where Lance Henriksen is his house. They show his big house. Yeah. Okay. And, it, and the piano. But there's a scene later on where they go back to the house, but they show the exterior of the house or what they would assume for you to think is the exterior of the house. It's like this huge house with all these oaks, like with this huge driveway with oaks kind of covering the driveway, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's very fast. It's like maybe a five seconds. Uh, Typical plantation shot. home. Typical plantation. Well, that is Oak it was Alley oaks. Plantation. Yeah, it's 12 Oaks. Me and my wife have been there. Well, it's Oak Alley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oak Alley Plantation. No one fucking lives there. And I don't museum. know what... It's a museum right now. Yeah. And the funniest thing about that place, because I've been there with Michelle, the funny thing about it is because the people who owned that house, the first people who owned that house originally, who built the house, was a Creole family. It was a Creole couple. They never had any children that I know of. I gotta, I, I, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. But it was a Creole couple. They had plenty of slaves. 
It was a Creole couple. Their furniture is like six inches shorter. So if you go to their dining room in this fucking museum, which is great, it's a beautiful house. Absolutely gorgeous house. If you're in, if you're near Oak Alley, go see it. It's worth your time. But they have their dining room set there in the dining room, fully laid out. And their chairs, the people at the ends, which would be the owners, everyone else is regular size. But the table itself is like a few inches shorter. Their chairs are a few inches shorter, so they can actually sit at the table properly. Because oh, they're they- small. Because Creole slash Cajun people, their average height is anywhere between 5'4 and 5'7. That's their height. And the best part about this movie also, going back to Wilfred Brimley, I'm jumping around, I apologize. Wilfred Brimley wears what they call in Louisiana, Pierport Reeboks. Pierport Reeboks. There's a town in there's a town full of Cajuns in, in, in South Louisiana called Pierport. They're all wearing, and, and they call it Pierport Reeboks because they're the white, galoshes <laughs> so he wears those white galoshes the entire time and i'm like shit he's really going after it so Pierport reeboks baby yeah oh my god <laughs> that is today's useless fact thank you In today's useless fact i am the apotheosis <laughs> of useless facts everyone look up the word apotheosis apotheosis apotheosis, apotheosis. it's godlike mm. so but oh, yeah no so right so there's all right, let's talk about it. And here's, here's one scene that I thought was great also. Was the scene... The, okay, we'll go back to the Mardi Gras graveyard. So, well, hold on. Well, uh, well, build the story up, right? I mean, we... We, we, we have the premises. Okay, so we're hunting whole, people, right? We're hunting people. So, the, oh, FYI, the guy... At the beginning of the movie, you see this guy being hunted. Beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, and, and you find out later on that that's Yancey Butler's character, Natasha, Nat. Your parents named you after a bug. So... Mm-hmm. So Nat's dad is that dude you see in the beginning. That's Douglas Binder. That's what she's looking for. Fun fact, that's the dude who wrote the movie. Oh. <laughs> Get out. No way. The guy yeah, who looks like Kenny Loggins. <laughs> yeah, the guy who looks like Kenny Loggins. He's the actual writer of the fucking motion picture. You know? You're waiting for him to go, I'm all right. Yeah. Nobody worry about me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> FYI. FYI, uh, he likes to do the gray hat, the, 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 the groundhog dance. The groundhog <laughs> Classic song. <laughs> but anyways, but yes, yeah, so he movie. is the actual writer yeah. of the movie and co-producer of the motion picture, by the way. But, uh, and so he, the, the whole premise of the movie is that basically rich people want to hunt down, which they did this in a few movies, actually. Uh, rich people hunting down homeless people because they want to kill a man for money, for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead of hunting animals, they're hunting for the people. thrill of it. Yeah. For the thrill of it. Uh, there was a movie with Ice T. They did that too. Ice T. and Rugger Hauer. I forgot the name of it. But either way, um, so so, anyways, she she's trying to figure out where her dad is. She finds out that he's homeless. Oh, so bad. I got there too late. Anyways, but in the in the same process, you know, she's asking questions. They're fucking trying to figure shit out, and then and then they decide. To, and this is in great quintessential '90s form. Fuck it, forget about all this heat. Let's have another hunt, you know. So <laughs> they decide, and it, it's just everything is just so fantastic, so like out there as far as the violence is concerned, because it's just this is a this, <laughs> this got, kind of 
This kind of I don't understand. did not exist in the nineties until this came out, dude. Here's the thing. This is the this is the worst part about how this movie is such it is worst the, or best. It is the prime <laughs> example of simple storytelling. Mm-hmm. Because we had the entire story and plot within the first half hour of this movie. And then we proceed to go from fight sequence to fight sequence to fight sequence to shoot gun sequence. sequence. Oh, yeah. Race sequence to like and and every time it ends the exact same way. Van Damme does something or other that allows them to get a little bit of space between each other. And then he gets to the next scene where the next sequence starts. Yeah. Like that's the whole premise of the whole thing. I don't I don't it, it's it. It was very repetitive. I love the tracking. <laughs> oh, they're two hours and 14 minutes ahead of us. Yeah. The soil yes, is moist yes. and they're heading east. Yes, you know, it's yes. like, how the fuck do you know that? Hundreds of uh, miles worth of track. Did Derek drop off? No, he's there. His, his, his camera's not working for some reason. Hello, hello. Yeah, you're there. I think he, I think he dropped off. So so uh, I'm going to mute him. But either we're going to keep going. Well, I heard him say hello, hello. I know. But yeah, I'm there he is. Oh, you, okay. Yeah, I'm so. here. Are you here? What the fuck is wrong with you people? We have technical difficulties. Nah. Oh, I I love it. I'm okay with that now. (laughs) I'm okay with it now. I like that one. Yeah. (laughs) That's such a sound bit from our times. For sure. Oh, yeah. in school. I joke at my wife all the time. Like, Sick days. How do you know this? Because this is way before your time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat Sadek's just retiring, right? Or he's yes, got he is. He is. The next, this next following coming season is his last season as the host of uh, Wheel of Fortune. So who knows? Maybe we'll get like John Mulaney hosting Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I feel like, is it? I think I read that, was it Whoopi Goldberg that put up her, she said that she'd be interested in, in hosting? Yeah, that would be great. I feel like, I read, okay that. I feel like that. I read that article yesterday. I mean, he's he, bro, he's like eighty years old. He looks great. He looks he's fantastic. 80. He looks over. He's over eighty years old. Do you guys notice how old suddenly Drew Carey looks? Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's intentional or if he's just like finally just getting relaxed and doesn't have to, you know, keep I mean, up he's with got the that, he's anymore. He's got that. He's got that Bob Barker money, dude. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. It's not a bad gig, dude. I love the sitcom, the the Drew Carey show. Oh, it's pretty good. I liked it. I mean, it wasn't as good as like Seinfeld, but it was really good. Yeah. Speaking of Drew Carey, you know, I had I met Deidre Baker at the at the airport in uh in New York one time. I don't know if you guys know Deidre Baker is. He was one of the cast members of the Drew Carey show, and he was the dude in Office Space with the mullet and yes, the two chicks two at the same time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. And he, and he, I met him at the airport. I said hi. It was great. I mean, oh my god, that's amazing, dude. It was great, dude. He had a mask on. I was like, "Did you bring her?" And he's like, Shh. And he's "Just like quiet." But it was after Thanksgiving. It was great. Did you get but, a selfie yeah. with him or anything like that? No, no, because we were in line, security line. I didn't want to fuck around with him too much there. So. Dude, it would have been awesome. To, like, dude, two chicks, well, one girl, him, one time. And I Same saw, time. and I saw Tony Shalhoub on the street in New York. It was great. What was, was his response in Office Space whenever? The guy goes like, "Does anybody ever tell you you got a case of the Mondays?" What is his his response? Is like, uh, "Shit, no, man." <laughs> That's like a great impersonation of his voice. Shit, no, man. <laughs> but all right, so there's one scene in the motion picture that 
I fucking I I absolutely love. And it's in every John Woo movie. It happens in every John Woo movie. Bar none. Not like there's so many that happen here, but there's so many that happen in every John Woo movie. It's the conversation between clip change between two characters <laughs> <laughs> when they're changing clips because they've magically man, mind you they finally magically, ran out they finally ran out and they decided let's have a conversation back to back yeah it happens in every john woo motion picture and they toss and the grenade back and forth it's and, so and great hot pocket I mean, for a while i love every time that happens because i'm like oh here we go it's just like and it, and it happened in that one scene in the Mardi Gras graveyard between Pick and uh, and Chance Boudreau because the Mama took one. Uh, <laughs> Chance Boudreau. Derek, I'm gonna, I was trying to find the sound clip to put it on the soundboard for you, Derek. No, I don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> I could do without that. Thank oh you. Oh, my God. I love that clip. When I heard it, I was like, fuck, I haven't heard that in so long. Because the Mama took one. Uh, he did Universal Soldier. Looks like the year before this yes. movie came out. Yes. So yeah, this it. was totally peak John Claude Van Damme. Yes, it was peak John Claude. Well, Jesus. no, wait. When was um? When was Time Cop? Time Cop was definitely peak. Mm, Time Cop was his, was his last great. Because after that, it was sudden death, and that's kind of like when he started going down. Yeah. That's Time that's Cop a was fucking ninety four. Was teams. the next year. <laughs> what Time peak. Cop was the next year. Peak. Fantastic. That was that was uh, well considering ninety fourth. The yeah. following year, 92, 93, 94. Fuck, he owned it. He owned it at that point, and then then he hit sudden death, and that's when he kind of went. And these movies were started, considered good. Yeah, because I think I think after he did what was the after what was the movie after sudden death? After sudden death, he did what? Was it was it maximum velocity? That's I think when his shit went to the fan. Have you read his bio though? I, I have not. He's he's bipolar. He's been married like five times. He has been twice to the time. same woman. Yes. Um, got kids, obviously, but uh, five he had, different he, times he's got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He's, he did nowhere to run in '93. Last Action Hero in '93, and then Hard Target in '93. Last Action Hero. What was he? In last Action. What hero? was he there? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He's just listed here. Oh, he's a, he played himself. Okay, I guess it was one of those scenes for the movie. Okay. Well, and then so that was that was just oh, Street what, Fighter. Holy shit! Three yeah, movies in '93, but then he does one, two, three, four. Oh yeah, he does five movies. Five. Well, no, I'm sorry. No, three movies, a music video, and a TV show in '94. Yeah, he's in Friends. He was in Friends. I forgot. He was in Friends. That's right. Oh my gosh! This guy's doing everything. The quest, the quest is yeah. Sudden death was his last good fucking movie, and then it was the quest, and then double team, maximum risk. Oh my god! Did you ever see Legionnaire? Never seen it. Never seen I've either seen of those. I've seen Legionnaire. I've seen better. Universal it's Soldier: The Return. Oh yeah, definitely better than this movie. <laughs> I've seen Universal Soldier: The Return. But I've seen some of these movies: The Replicant. I've seen The Order. <laughs> I've seen. <laughs> I've seen JCVD. JCVD is actually a very good movie, actually. JCVD. He was in Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, he was Master Croc in Kung Fu Panda. Too. Fictionalized autobiography. But he was, yeah. JCVD is actually a good movie because he plays himself as a normal person, but as far as a normal person, as far as like uh, someone who's like he's he's an action star, but he 
seems to think that he can do what he can do in real life. <laughs> that's, that's funny. So really, Stephen Seagal then? Yeah, he get he, but it's like it's like a it's almost like a pre massive weight of massive talent, whatever, kind of like that because he's playing himself. He's playing Jean Claude Van Damme, but it's like he get he go he's in he's in Brussels, Belgium. He's in Belgium, and he gets stuck in a bank robbery. And so throughout the movie, they're talking to him like, you should really go and do something. Save us. He's like, I am just a movie star. <laughs> He's just like, I'm, I don't know. Like, is this all fake? And then like, there's one scene where he actually tries to do something and I think he gets punched in the face and he breaks his nose. And he's just like, ah! It's just like, it's just, you know? And it's just, it's just it's 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 a it's a good movie because it's just like it plays on that whole thing about like this shit is fake it's not real oh and he's one of the bad guys in Minions Rise of Gru look look he's Jean Claude uh, your your movie recommendations are on probation after this <laughs> no no I they're think not. At home, I think everyone at home needs no, to know that no they're Derek, not. at least he's consistent man I yes. mean, come on. You because, gotta appreciate that. Bro, you have dropped some pieces of shit. <clears throat> I ain't gonna lie. I I, I don't My claim worst to are be, nowhere near what you've been. I'm you've now topped me. But <laughs> I don't think so. This was it. You you think that in the army now was bad? This in the army hurt. now. I remember that episode. That was yes. horrible. <laughs> it was a better movie than this. No, it was not. No, it was not. I beg to okay. differ. Right. I beg to differ. Alright, All right, so but all right. But anyways, so I mean, ah, such a fantastic motion picture because it's so bad, which is so great about. I it. mean, he Ooh. nailed it. Are you, uh, John Woo nailed it right after nailed, this. I mean, he had some pretty consistent this was, blockbusters. This was, this was what this was basically like a startup for him. This was essentially yeah. how am I gonna understand? Fuck it, I'll just do a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. See how far I can go. How bad it can be, and then I'll fix whatever it is in post. So, post was mm. Broken Arrow with John Travolta and Christian Slater. Dude, they shot this thing in 70 days. It's like 72 days this whole movie was shot. Jesus wow. Christ. Two and a half fucking months. Two and a half months? Oh, my God. It grossed like three times what it was, uh, what the budget was. Um, what? What was yeah, the budget yeah, yeah. of this movie? It's like 20 mil, something like Are that. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And what was, the, what, was, what was the gross? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. I'm looking it up right now. Oh no! The budget was eighteen million. The gross worldwide was seventy five. There you go. Even more. Even more. Holy shit! Yeah, dude. I'm so. Holy shit! <laughs> That's amazing. This was considered good. I'm so. And nobody knew about Wu before this, right? I mean, this was his well, first no, U.S. No, theatrical no. release, in, right? In, I guess on a wide scale, yes. But he was. I was. I had already known about him because I had. Seen, I mean, unfortunately, fortunately for myself, I had already had <laughs> to toot my own horn. To toot my own horn. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> I had already seen the killer. I had seen uh, Hard Boiled at this point. So, because I, I rented it from Blockbuster, and then when this came out, I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude!" But I didn't get to watch it in the theaters. I watched it on Stars for the first time. But yeah, um, but no, but I mean, I fucking I had loved John Woo already at that point, so I was ready. And then when Broken Era came out, bro. Bro. So I polished. Think, I think what you mean to say is it was good for its time. Oh, 100% good for yeah. its time. I mean, it's got a 6.2 rating on IMDb. 
It should have a lower rating. No, it should be higher. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard six five. Uh, all right. So we'll, comparing we'll that to like a Conair, which came out four years later, far better. That that to me is like the barometer of nineties movies. That and Gone Con in sixty Air. seconds, my favorite. Or the Rock nineties movies. Oh, the, the Rock's rock. up there. It's like what 95, 96? 94, Four? I think. I think ninety four. But they, but I mean, but I mean, that's just Michael Bay biting off of John Woo. The so Rock was very towards Michael and that's, Bay, and that's, and that's my that's my hot take. Michael Bay disaster porn is just John Woo on acid. Disaster porn. <laughs> so you know, ex- explosion porn is just John Bay on acid. It's just it's just John Woo on acid because. John Woo at least does everything slow mo, but with a stationary camera. Michael Bay just can't keep a camera still. He just has to have a camera moving in every fucking shot. And this is true. I'm not even lying. If you guys have ever seen a Michael Bay motion picture, watch it and just pay attention because every fucking shot is moving. That's his thing. That and explosions is his thing. Every shot has to move. I don't know why he has to do that. It's like he wants to be, I think, I think he could, I think, I don't think he was a music video director. I think he wanted to be a music video director and (laughs) nobody would hire him. So now he just makes hundred million dollar movies videos. Yes. And most of them are produced by himself. So he's either losing money or making money. So it's just like one of those things. Oh, he's making. (laughs) So he's like, you know what he is? He is the poor man James Cameron. That's what he is. I'm gonna say that right here, dude. Those are fighting words. Holy shit! Oh, it's a, that's a that's a he wishes a low, low. he can't even hold John Woo's jock strap, bro. Dude, what what are you even saying? <laughs> I will say I will take that to the grave. It's my hot take of the day. Hot take of the day, James. <laughs> <laughs> Quick little Google search of uh, John Woo's top movies. Let's see. The the, the two slow motion sequences that happened for like five seconds every thirty seconds. Which was? They're just all over the place, dude. Like he, he lit a he lit them. a match at one point, and it was slow motion on him just dude. staring, holding a match. <laughs> the best the best slow motion scene he's ever done. Is the scene in Mission Impossible Two where Tom Cruise runs and jumps out the window, but the way he jumps, he like extends himself like that out the window, and then of course white doves flying everywhere. Because of course there are. Because it's John Woo, baby. Is there a story to the doves? I don't know. If Has that is. question been answered? I don't know. I think he just likes doves. Right. I don't. I, mean, I don't it's know. A, what... it's, it's a white rat with pit with with wings, right? I mean. Why? Yes. What was pigeons the influence are, by? What pigeons are? Hold on. Oh, he said. Oh, here he said. He wrote. He said. I think the white doves represent purity and spirit. White doves to me are a messenger from God. Purity <laughs> and spirit in a bloody war. Yes, exactly. In action. Awesome. His, quote, said, his oh. quote is: "Since making films in the U.S., John Woo has started to use doves as a symbol for peace in his films." <laughs> <laughs> and another one said. Despite the amount of bloodshed in his work, John Woo abhors violence in real life and is deeply religious. So yeah, right. to him, the doves ultimately symbolize the soul. It's like his wow. confession 
it cleanses his soul, right? He's, I mean, it's he like, sinned. I don't know how many shots he's done with doves, but every one of them is poetic and beautiful. Well, and there's sequences where Van Damme's just hiding and there's and a dove on his freaking shoulder <laughs> like it's a freaking parrot. Yes. They couldn't get, like a they parrot. Couldn't, they couldn't get enough doves, so they had pigeons, which are rats with wings, basically. That was a reference to his, uh, what is, uh, mercenary days or his merchant marine days merchant marine days right yes and instead of a parrot they put a fucking pigeon on his shoulder yes, yes. it's like hello <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but it was it, like then um, of course you know then you have lance henderson we've talked about van damme all the time but i think lance henderson actually brings the pain in this entire movie he's so great in this fucking flake if you want to talk about somebody who actually did the job it's Lance Henriksen, Lance Henriksen and Wilfred Brimley. They did their job. They did what they were supposed to do. The and bottled Lance up Hen- anger that Lance has is insane. All throughout the movie. The entire yes. movie. He wants to kill all these rich people doing this stuff because he thinks they're just all so fucking stupid. Like that guy, like when they're, okay, so when they have that dude, um, God, I forgot his the character's name. Duke Nukem? The guy, no. the inspiration for Duke Nukem? Oh no no! Is By the way, that, that guy, FYI, they totally uh, like like dubbed his voice because that guy ha- is is from Russia or Eastern Europe, and his voice is so thick. He's an ex WWF wrestler. He wrestled with the um, oh the he was one of the he was one of the the the, the back in the eighties. This this may date Derek won't know this because he's not that old. And so back in the eighties, there was like a tag team of like two Russian guys. Oh yeah, dude, Dimitri um, with the Iron Sheik, R.I.P. Yes. and yes, uh, R. I. P., what's yeah. his face, Dimitri, whatever. Yes, well, that he was one of the. He was the, the when it wasn't Iron Sheik, it was the two Russian guys. He was one of the two Russian guys who was the wrestler. Oh shit! I didn't he know wasn't that. The, he wasn't the main guy. He was the second guy, but he's in like Mallrats as like the security guard in Mallrats. And he has the thickest accent. So they totally dubbed his voice when he said, oh, they just left. <laughs> like that, that's the, the only lines he spoke, he never even, he spoke them, but they redubbed his voice. Dude gets killed and there's still smoke coming out of his mouth. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's so great. I fucking love it. And then, and then, and then uh, with Lance Henriksen, when, he, uh, when he, he's with that guy Zanon, the guy in the graveyard when they're going after Elijah Roper, when they're going after Roper, uh, the black dude, when they're going after him, and then uh, and then Zanon's like, oh, I don't want to shoot him. I wounded him. I don't want him anymore. And he's like, get the fuck out. He's like, get him. And he's like, God, he should have gone fishing. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that, that was a nice little smile. It's just like those, are, those little moments are fucking great in the movie. But then, Did they have but, to cut the guy's ear off, though? Yes. No, yes. Randall's ear. All he was doing was handing out nudie picture thing uh, advertisements. That was an ode to Universal Soldier. Yes. Um, oh, you're right. You're the ears. right. The ears. No idea what the that ear means. Necklaces. Oh, I just watched it last. What well, I watched pieces of it last week, so that's why it's still fresh, fresh in my head. Yeah, with um, with uh, Dolph Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren, and uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. Another yep. very cheesy, amazing '90s action movie. He was a farm boy. Did you know that Van Damme was a, a kid that grew up on a farm on a U.S. farm? Bullshit, right? With that thick <laughs> yes, accent. yes, with that thick ass accent. <laughs> I could, I would believe more his accent in this movie, being a Cajun. Yeah. What? No. <laughs> yeah. French Cajun. Maybe. Just like Wilfred Brimley. Just like Wilfred Brimley's Majestic. accent. Perfect. Super <laughs> fucking amazing with his handlebar mustache. 
Um, and him just going diabetes, but <laughs> because my mama took one. So- <laughs> oh my god, no! <laughs> but but no, but like um, but fast forward to the end when he stuffs the grenade down Slan Hagrid's pants, and then he pulls it out the fuse and the fuse lands, and he goes whoop! <laughs> just like oh god. I, I think so it's great. funny that the grenade actually says fuse on the fuse yes. to yes. kind of tell people like, yo, oh, this, this is the part that kind of makes this thing react. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, Derek is here shaking his head like, what the fuck did you make me watch, dude? This was such a waste of time. <laughs> no, it's not. Because you know what's a waste of time? That train fucking movie with the cats. You know, it was. You're right. <laughs> that was a waste of time. <laughs> so, this is so much better than that. You will never live that down. Um, what, was this train movie with cats? It was, it was one of our... It was, it, was one, it was a movie that he did. It was his anime uh, pick for the year. It was okay. Night on the Galactic Railroad. What, it's, I, listen to our podcast. Sounds terrible. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. No. Nice, listen to it. It's you, you could listen to the episode. Don't watch the movie. Don't watch the movie. Oh, God, oh. don't watch the movie. Listen to the episode because the episode is actually choice because it's so good because we're all talking about how shitty the movie was and I don't and the funny thing is is that that movie has such reviews like it's rated like over a seven in IMDb I'm like how is this movie rated the fucking seven point five in IMDb and it's such a piece of shit it's such a piece of shit it's easily it's easily in the one range like it should be a one out of ten yeah this movie is a fucking Six and a half. I, sure. You know, honestly, I don't. I feel like I can't even recommend that people listen to that episode because you would be so oblivious to what the fuck we're talking about. Because yeah. the movie <laughs> was confusing enough in its yes. own. And we were trying to make sense of the motion picture, and we couldn't. It was nope. that way. There was no hope for that one. No hope at all. But you're right. But, this movie was better than that. But <laughs> at least that one was animated. Well, since we've both been talking, so I've been talking about it. So let's go ahead and go to our ratings. So, uh, Derek. Why don't you give us your ratings of the motion picture? Look, Tomas, I appreciate you. <laughs> I think that you're just a swell guy, man. Just wait for my next pick. Swell. You're a swell guy. Tomas. This is a but this was pure again, garbage. This movie was, was pure garbage. It's hot fire garbage in the Mardi Gras graveyard. And and th- this will be a little bit of a precursor for what my pick will be next, but which is um, garbage. Here's the thing: there were there's just so much better things to watch than this movie. <laughs> That's um, why it's a paquete. And and it was perfect. Look, I I really don't. I'm I'm not trying to piss people off, right? I don't want I don't want to make enemies, but folks, don't watch this. Don't watch this movie, please what? don't. Um, I'll give you a better substitute here in a minute. But no. my rating. <laughs> What's your rating, bro? My rating for for how well the movie was made uh. gave it a two point <laughs> two. Jesus, which is pretty pretty close. Okay. Two point two out of five. Uh-huh. How much I liked it, I gave it a two point seven. Oh, he gave it a four point nine. I'm super happy with that. Uh, it's it is a movie. It's, <laughs> They spent money. They spent $18 million on it. There is motion to this picture. That's true. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you now that if folks just waited two years, they could watch a truly great film that it really does 
check all the boxes in all the right ways where this one did not. Which movie is that? Go and watch Rumble in the Bronx. Oh, oh, of course. But that's a different story, dude. It's it, it, it's a much better story, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually somebody who took martial arts. I mean, Van Damme didn't take martial arts, FYI. Somebody who's incredibly skilled, even to this day, still puts out fire. Look, so check it out. Jackie Chan's in it. Rumble in the Bronx. That's far better than this movie. Don't don't watch. Oh God, this movie, please. Oh my God. So, anyway, <sighs> hold on a second. But I think I think Elias is having some problems here. I'm there you go. Oh, you're good. You're good. All right, Elias, what's up? <sighs> so I would say. By today's standards, it's probably a solid four for me. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were watching it back in the 90s, early 90s as a 12-year-old, I'd probably say it's a solid seven. <laughs> but no, no. Older, no, wiser. Four, four all the way. <laughs> An even better rating than mine. Uh... Mine was gracious. Mine was gracious. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so as far as this movie is concerned, my rating, because even though it's cheesy as fuck, and I love the 90s, fucking these fucking movies are all over the place, I will give this a hard six. I'm okay with the six. I like the six. A 6.5, 6.5 is good. So I'm going to land at a six just to, because I think it's, it's, it's worth, it's, I think it's worth your time just to watch of the time frame. You know what okay. I mean? If you want to pass the time and just eat shit for a good hour and 40 minutes, Fuck it. Pop it in and watch it. Don't expect You're too gonna, much out of it. It's a popcorn flick. It's fucking Jean Claude Van Damme, everybody. Are we, really. are we ready to are we locking in those ratings? That's where we're, we're locking, locking in. Locking in those right? ratings. Six, All six right. for me. So it's clearly better uh, by average than Night on the Galactic Railroad. We came to a four point nine six average on this <laughs> nice. movie. Okay. Uh, Night on the Galactic Railroad was a two point seven. But you know, I think four point nine for, for Hard Target is appropriate because when you look at it and compare it to the next closest rated film. At a 5.8 was Tokyo Godfathers. So it was a better film than this. Mm, I agree. Statistics have proven it. Moving on. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) All right. So, all right. So, uh, going to that now, we're going to go ahead and do our top shelf because I don't know if Elias, you have a top shelf or no. I forgot. (laughs) So, Elias, you take your time. You'll do the top shelf last. Take your time. Derek, what's your top shelf this week, brother? Uh, I don't know that I can pick Ted Lasso for too many more episodes because it's just gold. And <laughs> I I desperately did not want to finish that series, but it was that good. Anyway, no, God, it's not. The way that, that episode again. ended, perfect. Dude, my gut was just ripped. It was perfect. <clears throat> turning. And, and a- they're talking about giving a... Uh, Roy Kent? Uh, Roy Kent is thing. I yeah, hope so. Cool. I hope so. Dude, I you know, I'd be down for it. Give it like, a I'm, shot. I'm not, I'm not hurting for it. Um okay, so yeah, my pick. Um since we're I guess letting this slide now, we're doing this multiple times that we've done this. Uh, we can like a show by each season, right? Yeah. Pick it. yeah. <laughs> um I started watching uh the most recent season of uh, Star Wars Visions. Oh, it's good. Dude, it's great. Another it's banger. It's, it's exactly what I loved about the first season. And it's like it's these not anime. Little, it's not anime. It's, it's not inherently animation. anime and all very first different animation was. styles, different yeah. storytellers, different writers involved. Yeah. 
and it's a to- it's 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 wonderful because you, for example you know you think about uh some of the movies okay if we if we look at like a mandalorian the, the show the different seasons right you can pick out the different episodes that have been directed by different directors mm-hmm. and you can clearly see their stamp and their mark that the, each director will leave you know the taika Waititi episode had some very comedic moments and you know he's really good at that stuff and that's just an example but when you get all these like I love the Star Wars franchise. I enjoy so much of it. And the lore behind it all is always interesting to me. And the fact that I'm getting like these little snippets that are now canon, but very, you know, characters I'm never going to see again, characters mm-hmm. I've never heard about and just a whole new perspective. It And, and the different, oh, the different animation styles are so just makes my mouth foam. But dude, I love it. I'm just yeah. frothing, wanting more. It's yeah. so good. I really enjoy it. That's good. That's good. So yeah, Star Wars Visions. Season All right. Two. So as far as for me, I have a, I honestly have a couple, but I have a, I have a, I have a top shelf and I have an honorable mention. So as far as the top shelf is concerned, I just saw last week across the Spider Verse. Mm. Phenomenal, beautiful, fucking beautiful. amazing movie. It's so beautiful. good. It's so good, and there's so many throwbacks to the first movie too. Like I was watching them. I was watching the first movie today. I started watching the first movie today just for shits and giggles. And there's a scene in the second in the second one where they go, I think it's a Banksy, and they do the same thing mm-hmm. in the first mm-hmm. in the first one, but it's just like the, the movie's so good, it's so good, and they do so many things in the movie where it's just like it's just so amazing that you don't notice it. Like, um, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Have you seen it, Derek? Yet? Oh no, no, I haven't. I just okay. watched it this weekend. It was just phenomenal. It. it was amazing. So, uh, spoiler alert, I, I, I don't want to say spoiler alert. So there's a scene in the first movie, and Elias, you're going to blow your mind with this, because you've seen the movie. But in the first movie, when um, Miles meets his world, his, his universe's Peter Parker. After he's already been bit by the spider, they start getting that spider sense. You know, that yep. tingling that they always show, that the squiggly lines are on the head? Mm, yeah. That's in every cartoon. So they show that scene. And then when they look at each other, you know, they do a lot of background colors in all these, in all these movies, in the Spider-Verse movies, you know, background colors based on the customer, how they feel and all that kind of shit. So when they're doing the Spidey sense tingling behind Peter Parker, behind Spider-Man is of course red and blue. Cause those are, the, those are his colors mm. and behind Elias, listen to me and behind um, miles is purple and green or greenish yellow. Okay, purple and greenish yellow, and then it transitions to red and blue. Is there a so goblin behind this? Because no, because because his uncle remember is the prowler. The prowler and, he, and his <laughs> and his uncle's a big influence of him in the first movie. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so and Elias knows where I'm going with this part because he's seen the movie. Yeah. But yeah, in, 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 in that first movie, because his uncle was a big influence, all of a sudden, Spider-Man has taken that place, which is great to see. And it, dude, the movie, Derek, if you can go see the movie, dude, it's so worth your money, dude. It's worth every penny, man. I know you have a I, kid. I get that. I, I, I will probably see it. it this is, isn't this the third one, or is this the, the second? Second. second? Okay, so I didn't miss anything. I saw March. the first one. The third one comes first out one. next March. Yeah, it's, it's a total cliffhanger. It's, my daughters were so pissed they were crying. Please, you're right. Oh, is it the cliffhanger? I'll probably wait yes. until I'll get the third one. You have to wait until March of next year. 
ah, you know what? That'll yeah. be fine. As, as a newish <laughs> dad, I'm sure you're okay with that. Dude, yeah. Movies will come. Just watch Bluey. I've got them. I'll watch it Just eventually. Watch Someday. I'll be retired. <laughs> yeah, and so, and as my as my uh, top shelf honorable mention, I want to mention, if you haven't seen it already, the final season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. If you Couldn't get onto Netflix, that show. Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. Like the third season, you kind of have to push yourself through. But this last season, the fourth season, fucking amazing. So fucking funny. So quick. The language, the, the, the dialogue is so fast and so smart. Tony Shalhoub is fucking great in the movie. It shows her dad. Rachel Brosnan is hilarious. Her, the lady who plays, um, the lady who plays uh, her uh, her manager is the same chick who was in Mad TV. Who always played that. Oh, you looking like a man. Same lady. Oh, yeah. okay. She is so great in this show. She is the high point of every fucking episode. She's so fucking funny. But it's 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 great. It's so good. This last season though was fucking amazing. You're tempting so. me because I saw the first season and it was good, and then I fell off on the second season because it was. It dragged mm. on. The it second season was good. The third, third season, the third season is not that great. It's okay, but the fourth, this last season was fucking phenomenal. It was worth it. It was worth the time. All right. But yeah, so that's it. So so yeah, go for it. Uh, Elias, what you it. got, dude? So it's <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned Ted Lasso. I've I've never I've heard everybody rave about it, talk about it. I kind of put off watching it. I digested two seasons very quickly. Love the show. Mm-hmm. going into my third season now. Um, and I like to spoil things for myself. I'll read ahead and see how things end, but very well done. Very entertaining. Yes. yes. Um, it's enjoyable. It's heartfelt. It's, 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 it's engaging as a manager. Now you pick up a ton of little things or like, Holy shit, I do that. Or, Oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. That's, that's something that totally hits on the spot as, as to what will engage you with somebody as leader. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on there, and Succession. That's the other big one that we we're actually going never back rewatching it. it. I've never seen it. Very deep into the character realm, uh, developing all the kids, and you know the main protagonist, uh, uh, the father, and he's an asshole. Very entertaining, very well written. Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran Culkin, is amazing in that show. Oh, really? Uh, oh, dude, I didn't he's see hilarious. that coming. He's fucking hilarious. Kieran, Kieran Culkin. Kieran Culkin. Culkin, yeah, whatever yeah. his name is. He's a Culkin. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are my top two. I'd say Ted Lasso and Succession. So I'm, I'm hoping to just wrap up that last season, the season finale, uh, series finale. Yeah, I yeah. got to watch it. I got to watch it. My, my wife, Michelle, loved it. But I, I she, she, she watched the first season. Or the, yeah, the first season. But I, I haven't seen it. So she wants to watch it. It's so it, watch witty. It I mean, just the insults and the bullshit and... It's weird the drama, how, the how you're so invested in all these side characters. Like there, there are lots of characters that are totally omitted from most episodes and you're already still very attached to them. Yep. You know, like that. The, there's, I mean, half of the team, they paint very clear backgrounds for very clear understandings of like what these people's motivations are, what their personalities like and what they're into and, and the things that they would struggle with and pay attention to and blah, blah, blah. Dude, it's just so good. And the fact that every episode leaves me feeling hungry for more, obviously, but so fulfilled by watching that. Like, man, it's, I could go, I could do a whole season on that. I just, show. 
I just love how Alan Ruck has gotten a total renaissance after being. How crazy is that, right? Guy from fucking Ferris Bueller. Yeah, fucking Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller, dude. And he was, he's he's such a good actor, dude. I love that guy. And he's He's had a complete, there's like a whole article online about his rebirth and his spouse or partner kind of helped reignite his career. Yeah, because I think um, I think his spouse is like a producer or something or an agent or something like that. Yeah. Like, wasn't he in um, God, what's that show with Michael J. Fox back in the day? Family Ties. No, no, no. Oh, oh. God. are you talking about what? Like, um, oh, that that movie, that show where he was like a deputy mayor kind of thing. Yes. Was he on that show? God, Spin Spin City. Spin City. Spin City. Spin City. I, gonna, I don't know. I was he Spin City? Was he in Spin City? Maybe I'm making it up. I know he was in Doctor. He was in Spin City for six years. Yeah. God, he was in Spin City. I don't remember him in Spin City. So forgettable. Bondick was his name. He did 140 episodes. Wow. Shit. That was the last thing I remember that guy in. He was in Stargate Atlantis. I didn't even. He was there the whole way. He did a bunch of stuff. Fuck me, man. I did not realize he was in Spin City. Fuck. It's funny. One of the questions asked on Google was Alan Ruck in Spin City. He's <laughs> 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 only been six seasons. That's fine. Oh, yeah. All six seasons, dude. The entire God. show. Dude, oh, I, I, I a lot of stuff, man. He's been working this whole time. He's he's yeah. he's definitely a, a working actor, bro. How many credits is it? He's got 117 credits. Yeah, Holy that's, shit. that's nothing light, man. That's crazy. That, he's that's been the, in some good some that's good movies. Have you guys ever watched? Did you, Eli? I don't know if you ever watched. Did you ever watch that Cuban version of One Day at a Time? That was on Netflix. Is that the one on Netflix? No, I didn't. Yeah, and then it moved to Pop TV, which is the channel. It, With Rita, Rita Moreno and oh stuff like God, that. No, I never watched it. it. Dude, watch it. Because you'd be like, that's my fucking family, dude. It's such a funny show. It is such a funny show. And he's in the show for one episode. He plays the uh, the dad of one of, of the of the guy who's like the super of the, the building, who owns the building. Okay. But but he it, it is dude, the show is so funny. It's so funny. Because it's just, I think it would, I think it would resonate more with you because of Rita Moreno. Because the whole family is, it, just so you know, Derek, the family is there. There, it was a working mom and her two kids and her mom, her mom, and uh, and it's and it's like and they're all Cuban. They're a Cuban family, working class family, and she is a recent divorcee, and and she's dealing with that, and her kids are dealing with you know going through puberty and. You know, one of them is fi- the girl is finding herself, kind of thing. Is it the dude with a whole bunch of issues? Cuban but coffee shortages. I mean, oh my just god, real. it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> one episode. Oh my god, Elias, you totally, totally trip on this. One episode, they have a funeral. They have to go to a funeral, but the thing is, is that the the, the grandmother doesn't want to go to the funeral because she's going to have to meet her little sister, who is played by Gloria Stefan. Oh my god, and her and her little sister have been having flack, have had beef. Because one took the the shawl of the other ones of their mom without the other one knowing. It's oh, it's so good because it's like the shit that they go through. It's just like it's like that's yeah, totally that my house, that dude. It's totally my because it's 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 funny because it's it's and this is if anybody know if anybody gets pissed at me for saying this, I don't care. But in, <laughs> in Hispanic families, and, and specifically for me for Cuban families, or er, but Hispanic families in general, like. 
like you will have beef over the smallest thing. It's yeah, we hold grudges. Yeah, we hold grudges. And so in this show, they show that sometimes they're like, "Ah, oh, what? No, I don't like Maria Elena. She stole this from me, even though it was supposed to be hers. I was supposed to have it. That kind of thing. It's so stupid. It's just it's. They, and it was twenty years ago. No, yeah, it was twenty years ago. Yeah, dude. For the pettiest shit. It's so, so petty, so petty. But yeah, watch the show. I worth it. It's worth it. It's worth the time. But that's not my that's not my top shelf. But I think you should watch it, guys. It's funny just for it's that. Medium fact. shelf. Yes, medium, medium shelf. shelf, medium shelf. If you're Cuban, watch it. It's funny. I'm gonna go back and watch uh, the Americans again. I'm oh, I haven't seen that. Good. Oh, dude. I never saw that, dude. Dude, if if you want to talk a timepiece, a true timepiece in the '80s, well written, character development, great storytelling, and spy and espionage stuff, you've got to watch the Americans from FX. Oh, you'll fantastic. love it. You'll love it. And on that note, <laughs> Derek, what are you picking for next time, dude? All right. So, you know, I already gave you a, a far better supplement than Hard Target being Rumble in the Bronx. And I decided that, you know, I've went down the list of movies that I've got that I've, I've been meaning to watch, really want to, heard great things, just never seen it. And, and I really I want to have seen this movie. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this movie, but this movie is called Meals on Wheels. What? From what 84. From what 84. Is... It's oh a Jackie God. Chan movo- movie with Sumo Hung. Oh, Sammo you know Hung. Sammo Hung. Sam- Sam- oh, yeah, Sammo Hung. You know it's going to be good because Sammo don't fuck around. He's, he's, he's good. Right? Oh, my God. So oh my God. I, I, just, just to give you guys a quick preview. Two Chinese. Yao too? Oh, I like that. So, so two Chinese friends who operate a food truck in Barcelona, Spain, use their martial arts experience to help their private investigator friend protect the pickpocket Sylvia, who's been targeted by a ruthless gang. Oh my God! Food trucks before food trucks became a thing in the and 2000s. And it's directed by Samuel Hung too. Oh my Dude, God! I don't I'm know. Sure, this is going to be great. I've just been, I've wanted to watch it for a long time. I've just never seen it. So this is going to be an adventure for both of us. <sighs> and look, I'm sure it's great because Jackie Chan's amazing. I've never I seen mean, him in a bad movie ever. I mean, you know what? Derek, I hate to ask you this, but would you be okay with Elias to bring, come on this journey with us? <laughs> this <laughs> next episode? Because Let's do it. Why not? Fuck it. You up for that? You up for that, Elias? Uh, two weeks, right? Two weeks? No, 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 no. It's going to be a little while. Okay, we're going to be on a little bit of a hiatus because I got, I, I'm probably going to be out of town for a while, but, All right, but I, yeah. Yeah, I got to travel. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll figure it out when the next episode comes, guys. I, I mean, I still have to edit a few episodes. I'm like behind, really behind. But either way, so we'll go ahead. on wheels, Meals on wheels. Let's just take back at the episode part three. All right. Can I, can I mention one other thing? Oh my and God. I'm already watching the clips and it's fucking insane. This and we lost them. Oh the, the um, uh, I, I, the, there's a part for people who are actually going to take my advice not watch this movie and go and watch Rumble in the Bronx. There's a sequence where he's running, Jackie Chan is running away from the hovercraft oh, that's Christ. chasing him. Oh my god, and he's holding a baby in what in this movie? No, 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 in, in Rumble in the Bronx. It's and not called throws, Wheels on Wheels, it's called Wheels on Meals. Wheels on Meals, you're right. Um, <laughs> And and he throws the baby, and this woman's like, "My baby!" <laughs> he throws the baby. Oh my 
my and god. it's clearly a doll. Go and watch that movie, guys. It's so good. Just like in the movie uh, Sniper, right? With uh, Bradley Cooper. Oh my god. He's got the baby. He's trying to animate it by lifting its arm like it's moving around yeah. wiggling. Yeah. <laughs> and he was, it, honestly, he was probably just on set trying to like act against something so that he could portray his character, and they just kept it. They didn't. We don't want to see CG for that. We don't need a real baby. That's good enough. <laughs> Bradley Cooper's two for one. <laughs> oh my god. Oh anyway, my folks, god. Wheels on Meals from 84. It's classified as a romance, action, and more film. So check it out. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, everybody. So on that note, we'll go ahead and uh, take you off here and uh, have fun. Peace. Peace.